Hello, welcome once again to A Decimation of Dragons, a Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A. and with me in the state of New York. Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you, sir? I'm fucking pissed, Phil. How are you? Well, doing all right, I guess. All right, great. Happy Diwali to everybody. Happy Diwali. I think that's how you pronounce it. Anyway, um, and in the Commonwealth of Virginia? Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how are you? Good. Excellent. And for folks who are curious, Diwali is the Festival of Lights. In, Festival of Lights! In uh, Hinduism. <laughs> and in the province of Alberta, Canada? Hey, everybody. It's Sean, and hope you're doing well and enjoying Diwali. Except this will be released after, so anyways. Well, I think it's a multi-day thing, isn't it? I don't know. But this is the first night of it, though. All right, there you go. And for folks who are curious, today is October 24th, 2022, that we're recording this episode. For some of our listeners, like Pam, who are always curious when we do uh, record episodes, because sometimes they don't come out right after they are released. However, since this is one of the side podcasts of the Dark Discussions News Network, uh, we, we should have it out probably tomorrow, October 25th, 2022. Who are we? Well, besides uh, what we said earlier, uh, what we do here is talk weekly about the television series House of the Dragon on HBO Max. So each episode, uh, we're kind of like the after show, but a day or two later. And we talk about each episode. So what we assume is everybody's here has seen the episodes, uh, specifically the last episode that we're going to talk about, which is episode 10, The Black Queen. Um, and therefore, we will have spoilers and such because you're here to hear differing opinions and maybe things that you may have missed or whatnot. Uh, once again, we are part of the Dark Discussions News Network, which is www.darkdiscussions.com. Uh, this podcast is part of that network, and you can find the podcast right on darkdiscussions.com, the website, which has multiple podcasts as well, uh, including the Dark Discussions podcast, which is the original podcast and the mainstay of the network, where we talk about a horror film or a genre film or fantasy or whatnot weekly. Uh, you can reach us on email two ways. The first is www.darkdiscussions.com and press the Contact Us link. On the menu, it opens up a box, and you can fill out the box, and that's well. Well, you just press the send button after you fill out the box, and then the other way is to email us directly through your email account at darkdiscussions at aol com. Whatever way you do email us, please put in the subject line something like dragons or house of the dragons or Game of Thrones or something like that, because then we'll know. The email is specifically for this podcast and not one of the other podcasts on the network. And we will read your emails on the podcast, such as next week when we do a season one roundup. Um, now, uh, Sean, what else can people find on www.darkdiscussions.com? I believe you can go and click on the Patreon link, which will take you to Patreon, where if you're able to financially wise, uh, you can actually support the podcast um, by doing so. And any amount that you donate is very much appreciated. The podcast, as we know, is released to everyone free, but behind the scenes is all kinds of fun costs and expenses. So anything that you can do, donate is a good way to help us keep going. 
And for every $5 each month that you donate, you will then get to pick a movie that you can have done as a review. And every quarter goes into the draw, movies picked, and then it can either be on the Dark Discussions main feed or one of the sister podcasts, depending on what movie is chosen. And again, your support is appreciated. Indeed, indeed. So uh, thank you to all the folks who do donate. There aren't many of you, uh, but uh, we do appreciate the few that do. Um, so uh, tonight we're going to talk about the season finale of season one of House of the Dragon on HBO Max based off of J- J- George R.R. R. Martin's uh, novel. Um, and it is a prequel to the Game of Thrones series, also by George R.R. R. Martin. Um, episode 10 is the name, I mean, the number for the season finale, and it is entitled The Black Queen, uh, directed by Greg Yatanis and written by showrunner Ryan Condal. It debuted October 23rd, 2022, technically, though it had been leaked somehow um, out a couple of days earlier where uh, HBO was not happy uh, about it at all, um, mostly through European distributors or trolls or whatever those people are called. Um, last week's episode, The Green Council, was the lowest rated uh, at least by uh, viewership during its debut at 1.56 million folk. But as we know, um, this is a VOD show. So even though it is released live on the HBO Max TV station, it is uh, available on HBO Max app or PC or wherever you watch HBO Max. And you can watch it at any time. So obviously the viewership is probably more uh, after the fact, but immediately when it came out last week's episode, episode nine, the penultimate episode, the green council, uh, was oddly the lowest of the season. Uh, the two TBD or to be determined is for season or episode 10. There are no numbers yet. Um, all right. So I guess we can get into our topic tonight, which is the black queen, the season finale of season one. And so, uh, we'll go around and each give us our personal opinion of the episode. And then after that, we will uh, talk freely about the episode and what we saw. Uh, So uh, I guess I'll start. Uh, The Black Queen I watched um, uh, after uh, podcasting with these fine folk last night on uh, another podcast that we do. And uh, so I started watching it around 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Uh, and that was probably after um, it had ended. So I, I have not counted as part of the TBD that will be announced uh, later this week. Um, my opinion on the episode was that it was a solid uh, season finale. Uh, it was really good. Um, it was unlike usual Game of Thrones the series before where the penultimate episode was more exciting than the season finale historically with that show uh this one uh this episode was probably as exciting as um the penultimate was um i did have one flaw with the episode which was we missed olivia cook but again it was understandable because this was focusing on the the blacks rather than the greens so i did miss seeing olivia cook uh, but all in all, uh, the thumbs up, 
and a great ending to a great season of television. So let's go for you, Sean. Uh, so for me, I really like this uh, finale for the season. I thought it really showed just how strong this whole season has been. And uh, for what we're going to come, you know, what we're looking forward to for season two. I, yeah, so absolutely loved it. Assuming uh, the Chinese don't take us all out. I'm still convinced we're not going to see it. And and they and the, did you see that Z actually did already begun the purge, so it is not looking good. So if we do see season two, that will be a good thing. So Mike, what's your opinion of this season finale of season one? Uh oh, did we lose, did we him? lose him? Already? All right, let me pause. No, you don't pause. I was oh, on mute. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, go. yeah, sorry, listeners. I uh, I just had a, an eye injection today, and uh, it's besides the fact that I'm rocking the Amon look with the eye patch. Uh, <laughs> no. my, my my tear ducts are working overtime, and a lot of that's backflowing into my nose, so I've got, like, some sinusy things going on. I don't want you hearing oh. me, like, snot suck through the whole podcast, so I keep, so I'm hitting the mute button. Anyhow, uh, I really like this episode for a lot of the same reasons I liked the last episode. This is kind of unique in Game of Thrones uh, and unique, I think, in a lot of TV series um, in that it's basically last week was showing how this all begins from one perspective, right from the, the, the green side. And now this week is sort of the, the, the counter move on how does the, the black side respond to it. And they just stuck with each team separately. Each team got its own episode as opposed to splitting time between them. And I think it worked really well. I wouldn't want to see it all the time, but you know, we've talked about the fact that you know everyone here is doing some political maneuvering, and by having us focus on the one side, a lot of that gets stripped away, and a lot of the uh, uh, the motivations are pretty clear. They're being a little bit more honest with each other than they would be. You know, Rhaenyra is going to be more honest with Damon and the rest of her clan than she would be if she was dealing directly with Allison, in other words. So, yeah, I like this. And honestly, if this if this was in another year, this would have a really strong chance of having my kill of the year. <laughs> you, do you mean this episode? Or this episode, the, yes. The kill of the year, really, even better than... As if it was in any other year, this 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 might have a good shot at being my kill of the year. Fair enough, fair enough. So this show ha- has had a, a lot of top ten kills, then possibly because I think my best kill of the year is in this show from episode the Driftmark one or whatever it was called. There, anyway, uh, uh, he can keep his tongue. He can keep his tongue. Anyway, uh, let's go with you, Barrett. Yeah, I really like this episode. Um, Because I've read the book, I kind of knew where it was going. Um, There wasn't a lot different, really. Um, Maybe in motivations, but that's about it, and that's okay. Um, It just clarified some of those things. Um, I really liked how they did the dragons in this one. I just liked how everything went. Um, I I like the blacks better than the greens, so <laughs> this is more of my favorite episode compared to the last one. But all in all, this has been a great season. Uh, it's going to probably be my number one show of the year. Um, so 
we'll see what else comes out this year, but I doubt anything's going to beat this show. All right. Sounds good. Um, yeah, I've, I've only seen three shows maybe this year. So by default, this will, will be the best probably. Um, I do want to see one other show. I want to see uh cyberpunk edge runner on Netflix. I haven't seen that yet. That's a well, I'd, I'd say like Mike mentioned, I think yesterday's podcast that better call Saul was also this year. So you have better call Saul house of the dragon and the boys, which I absolutely love. So that's three awesome shows this year, which I'm happy to enjoy. <laughs> Good to hear. All right. So, um, it's, uh, it's deafening that she hulk wasn't named. Shock. Hmm. I can only have three <laughs> in the top three, man. <laughs> no, but it wasn't named as, as a good show. Like, I, really, I didn't say it wasn't a good show. I just, I'm just wasn't busted. Yeah, re- relax. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Leave so, the Canadian and, alone. <laughs> and I've heard good things about Dahmer. Uh, Sandman was, uh, well, Sandman really was well received. One, yeah. uh, oh, which yeah, I, have, oh, which I haven't da- caught off with yet. Da- Dahmer was, 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 was no way as good as, as, as House of the Dragon. That's I'm sure. just saying, these are shows that I haven't seen that I've heard good things about. So, gotcha. um, Sandman yeah, was good. So I watched it and enjoyed it. <laughs> Anyway, um, let's yep. let's get into uh, tonight's episode. So, uh, seems like we all enjoyed uh, this episode. So, uh, where do we want to start? What do we want to begin with? Uh, pretty much begins right where the penultimate ended, uh, except we're changing perspectives to, um, I guess, uh, the blacks. So, what do we want to talk about? Uh, you can talk about just how much loss Renera has in this episode. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't know if the loss of her, uh, or what we phrase, the stillborn or the early birth and stillborn of her baby, the pregnancy occurred because of the stress of the news that was brought that's, to her. That's what was in, in inferred in the books or the book, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Was, yeah, was and and if you watch the thing at the very end, I think they said that as well. Right. But you yeah. also can't take the, the, as we've established as you mentioned yeah. before, you, you can't just take what the, the books say as gospel. Uh, because that's why the end of the show thing yeah. was pretty definitive, I think. Yeah. Right. And, and and the end of the show, um, I th- at least at least based off of what what these two showrunners have been saying, they've been fairly good with the with the book, similar to the original showrunners before they had to just make stuff up. Um, well, no, but also the 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 book. Even Martin says it's the the book is told from the point of view of three unreliable narrators, so you have to take everything yeah. in yeah. the book especially when you're talking about conjecture as to medical reasons with a grain of salt. But I would also add the baby was born scaly. Uh, the baby yeah. was born uh, was sort of like Daenerys's uh, stillborn child. Um, now, look, I mean, this is a world where magic exists. Yeah. But generally speaking, one does not like just suddenly spontaneously mutate a fetus into a scaly deformed creature because you had emotional distress. Right. Premature birth, maybe, but hideously deformed, no. So my guess is he was going to lose the baby anyway. Yeah, I, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, when 
there was, you know, she felt the, the, um, the wetness, you know, I, I had my fingers crossed that it was, um, the, the water breaking, but when she pulled her hand and I saw the blood, uh, yeah, I, I knew that that was bad news. Um, I've had enough, uh, um, miscarriages in my uh, family to, to know how that works. So it was, uh, a bad thing right away. I, I could tell. So the deformity that you said, Mike, yeah, I, I guess you're right. I, I, I kind of noticed that, but I, I didn't know if I was just miss reading it or if it was just gook, but, since you it was, it, noticed it was it confirmed too. in the it was a, it was confirmed in the uh, after show. Okay, little thing. Gotcha. All right. So, so um, I don't know if that's in the book for either uh, Game of Thrones <laughs> or this series, but um, it obviously was uh, something that the showrunners wanted in there, whether it was in the book or not. Well, I think it's funny. You know, we were talking about how many women, you know we're dying in childbirth in this show, but I started reading the wars of the roses and I think I'm 20% in, and there's, it's already mentioned like at least 10 to 15 women that died in childbirth. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, when we so, went to, when, even that's when, worse. <laughs> when we went to uh, mystic Connecticut um, and uh, we went to that Italian restaurant on Sunday, um, me and Kevin and Letts and, and my wife and his wife were at the top of the hill with my kids. Um, and we were doing the, the Ford and stuff. And uh, we did, my family did uh, a house that was there about, um, that was, you know, 400 years old or 300 years old or whatever. And the owner of the house had been married like two or three times because of exactly that. Um, his wife died in, young in childbirth. So back in those days when medical attention um wasn't as available and you couldn't rush to a hospital or get a doctor there or an ambulance or whatever. Unfortunately, these things seem to happen a lot back in those days. Um, but then also yeah, and, after and that's, the that's, birth, that's... The, 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 the chance of you dying was very high too. So if you made it through out of childhood, then you'll probably live a normal life. But just to get out of childhood was tough too. Now, what were you going to say, Mike? I say, and so that's one of the reasons why it was more acceptable, among many others, why it was more acceptable for an older man to marry a younger woman. Let's not forget that while women were largely dying from childbirth, uh, and in fact, go back not that far, um, women had a shorter life expectancy than men because they died in childbirth. But um, young men were also dying from from like war and violence and disease like everybody else was. So that kind of narrowed down some of the eligible bachelor pool. So a lot of rich widowers out there were out there for women to marry, for young right. women to marry. So well, and a lot know, that, of times, like it's talking about in the Wars of the Roses, these women were um, as soon as they could have babies, they were having them. And it was often too early. Gotcha. So they just hit pre puberty and then right. they have a baby and the baby dies or they die. So, right. I'm, I mean, I know there's uh I don't know if this is still going on. This has been, been a few years, but not that many years, not nearly enough years uh, since I read about this, like certain uh, villages in Africa where they will uh, like ban and like uh, 
young girl's breasts with uh, like hot irons in order to suppress puberty because as soon as they hit puberty, uh, they try to, you know, they're, they're out of school and getting married off to have children. You know, so that some mothers will try to do things to delay the onset of puberty that are absolutely horrific. Um, I'm sure that was going on in plenty of other places around the world at the time. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it sucks. And the odds of any one woman dying at from one specific childbirth was even then relatively low. Although any medical procedure, there's always a chance of something going wrong, especially back then. But they didn't just have a baby, right? I mean, they had a never-ending stream of babies, most of these families. So if, let's say, there was a 5% chance of dying in childbirth, which is really, really high, relatively speaking, but still, it's, you got a 1 in 20 chance of dying. When you when you then have 5 or 6 or 7 or 10 kids, yeah, <laughs> those right. odds and, start stacking up. And even, you know, if, we, even if the the prior births are easier than the first birth, just having a birth versus not having a birth is, is a risk of uh, dying, obviously, in childbirth. So um, that's a fair point. Uh, even if, you know, the seventh kid can be much easier than the first child um, for, for a woman. But again, yeah, back, back in those days, um, family, the, you know, the populations of nations aren't uh, shrinking like they are today because back in those days they would have five, six, seven, eight. And that's, that's the reason why a lot of the developing world in the, in the real world um, have larger um, population growth is because they are uh, having more children versus say folks in, I guess the, the, the first world are having. So it is kind of interesting um, how the risk um, back in the day compared to today um, is, is, is huge. I mean, I mean, when, when my wife had her pregnancies, uh, they have epidermal. So the pain is, is much less than it would be say for Rhaenyra's here where, you know, she, she didn't have an epidermal because they didn't even have them back in medieval days. And this is show is technically a medieval type show, even if it is a fictional world. Um, so she wasn't going to die, uh, from childbirth. So that was a, a huge tangent, uh, that had nothing to do with the show, but, um, they showed her, um, uh, pain, I guess, from, from, uh, birth and then, uh, the stillborn and, and the horror of that. And also the deformity, as you said, Mike, uh, most likely the scales are because Targaryens are supposed to be somehow linked directly with dragons, uh, but generally that has nothing to do with the, the show um, as a whole because they're still just people. I guess the the ones that are adults. So, uh, any further comments on on any of that? Just did you notice though that Damon wasn't there supporting her through that situation? Yep. Uh, yeah, where was he? He was, he, was during, getting... he, was, he wanted to start the war immediately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it, it's, back then, I mean, okay, it's a different world. Yeah. In our world, a man was not, you know, you did not let a man into the birthing chamber. You you just didn't. 
Right. Well, um, was he was he even there though? Or, or because they he was on the him. island. He was he was here. He was outside. He could hear the screams. Oh yeah, right. And he, he and he seemed to me he seemed bothered by it, yeah. um, and, and pensive. But uh, well, it, sh- it showed that he was he's he's weaker than he really is. Right. He couldn't he couldn't be there because he. I don't know. It's some sort of weakness, right? Yeah, but I mean, you didn't have doctors delivering babies. You you had midwives because what would a doctor know about childbirthing? Doctors were men, right? Um, it was a woman thing, so women would take care of it, and men were not allowed. Again, that's in our world. I, yeah. I can't speak to what it was like in in Westeros. Yeah, but makes makes sense. Yeah, so so, but you know, again, the show moves a little quicker than Game of Thrones, so they didn't have a scene where they say, "Damon, get out," or they didn't have a scene where Damon made the choice of walking away or trying to go into the room, or 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 just an explanation of that men aren't allowed in the birthing rooms and stuff. So we just don't know. You're right. Um. So, where, where do we want to go? Barrett and Sean, you guys haven't said anything. Well, I mean, that was the start of, you had Renice fly to Dragonstone and re- relay the, no- the news that Viserys is dead and that Aegon is now crowned. And you have Damon's response uh, automatically that they murdered Viserys. And then you can see him, the wheels are turning for war. And then you see the shock in Renera, right? Because you not only lost your father, but you're now being usurped from whatever your claim was supposed to be. And, you know, and then you have the process of also losing the child. And then what happens at the end of the episode and... Like, I think any one of those situations would be bad, but to have all of them. Well, um, and with the with the assertion, she wasn't just usurped. She was betrayed by a friend that she had seemingly just reconciled with. Yeah, that's a fair point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, technically, uh, uh, even if her father, I mean, in auto was masterminding his own thing. Uh, she was pretty much on board too. It's just that she didn't want to kill him all. She just wanted her son to be the king. Um, so that kind of makes Rhaenyra look at Allison as, oh, she, she was lying to me. Yeah. And the, well, I find it interesting that, you know, Damon basically said he was murdered, right? It, that's, that's the assumption. I don't, don't know, know why he he would think that. I mean, but we, that's exactly they, where he went, right? Right yeah, away. Yeah, almost like he's trying to influence his wife to stop the war, right? Because there's no reason for them to think he was murdered. I mean, they saw what he looked well, like. Well, no, but but when he remember when they went to see Viserys, yeah. what was the thing that David or da- Damon did? Was he checked the cup that Viserys was was receiving? Yeah. Because he was thought that, that is that's true. He yeah. was getting poisoned. So yeah. if he's already got this thought yeah. that they're okay. poisoning him, yeah. that makes sense to me. Right, right, right. So so he's assuming that the rot in leprosy or whatever you want to call it 
is directly related to a poison that's been given to her, his brother day or part of it. Day it doesn't out, have to probably. be the main, but like he, yeah. we already know Viserys was sick, but this could have been aided along, right? In, right. In his and in, in his defense, let's look at what everybody's doing around him. It is not that much of a stretch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and he was the one of the worst of of the bunch when it came to trying to usurp his brother. But you're right. He never he never tried to kill him, even though he was he was pretty rotten. So no, in his defense, he was more of a blunt instrument. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, episode one, he was he was just horrendous. Well, and I'm not sure that he was trying to necessarily usurp his brother. I just think he was taking more, uh, more liberty than he should have with what he could do in his role. Right. Well, that that's fair. But again, if we do look back at episode one. You know, he was demanding to be named the heir and all this other stuff. So you're right. He wasn't trying to usurp his brother. He was going to let his brother stay in power to the end of his his life, assuming he died before Damon. But he was trying to be named the heir, right? Right. I mean, um, so, yeah. But, but, yeah, I mean, you know, thinking the king was murdered – I guess that's fine. I, I just don't think the show set it up enough to make it feel that way. I mean, they, they showed, like you said, last week with the cop and, and that's pretty much it. Prior to that, there was, there was nothing in episodes one through eight that made it seem like anybody was trying to assassinate the King. Yeah. But there's like, you could just like, whether it was assassination or not, Damon knew what Otto was trying to do from the start, right? And he didn't trust Otto. And Otto manipulated and used Damon's rashness at times, right, against him, trying to to make sure that Viserys and Damon were not on the same side, right? right. So so yeah, if you're right. Damon and you've already got you've already got a, a nemesis in Otto, right? I don't think it's that far of a stretch. For him to assume that they would be capable of murder. Yeah, that's fair. I, I just don't think Damon is any less guilty than Otto. Oh, I'm he, not saying he's, he is, but again, but, this is from his perspective, yeah, right? Yeah, and that's fair. Yeah, absolutely. If we just if we look at his perspective, he he could be rashly or or not rashly thinking that there was an assassination. And it may not have been an intentional thing to try to get his wife to, or niece, if you prefer, to um, start a war. I, I don't think he's that sort of duplicitous. He is relatively straightforward, brutally, perhaps at times, and to his detriment. Uh, he is certainly capable of conspiring, but I don't think anyone was unaware of what he was doing while he was doing it, right? Um so he doesn't that sort of underhandedness the idea of of thinking to that degree doesn't quite work for me i think it i think it was probably an honest reaction i think because of his distrust of the high towers because remember this guy has hated Otto hightower for 20 years and hightower is much more of a uh viserys peter baelish type um he would not put it past him for him to poison the king in order to put his grandson on the throne so that's where his mind first goes. And it's to Renera's credit that she kind of puts the brakes on everything. 
yeah, yeah, I would, I would concur. I would concur. Now, now, whether or not the king was murdered, we do know Damon is a murderer. He killed his first wife among plenty of people in episode he one. He put her out of her misery. <laughs> she uh, fell off her horse and got paralyzed. And then, okay. then he took her out of her misery. Just like he put that guard out of the, his misery, too, because of his misery of life. Yeah, and, well, that, and, and that, also the page I, boy. And the page boy, too. <laughs> the page boy, too. He was just a peon, poor slob. Right. We might as well just kill him, too, so he can be, he not have no, to suffer. No, I'm not saying that about either of those guys. I'm just saying with her, it was... It was murder. It was, it was uh, just putting her out of her misery. She would have lived, you know, without being able to move. No, she would have died anyway. The birds would have eaten out her eyeballs. He was just making sure that she didn't so suffer. So he, he didn't... He, in theory was the reason why she fell off her horse. And then instead of going to get help, uh, he was going to just leave her to die. But then when she insulted him, rightfully so, because she was being left to die, he went over and clubbed her in the head with, with rocks. So I don't know. That that sounds pretty evil to me. That sounds like a murderer to me. If I mean, if you did that, Barrett, or if I did that, I, I would hope uh, either of us would, would go to jail for murder, first degree. I would also say the look on his face was not one of empathy and concern and worry about what was the the situation for his wife. Uh, He had a much different look on his face. But again, um, we we can move on because, again, you know, we we know whatever we think of Damon, who killed or who didn't kill, we, we know who he is and what he is. Well, I think no matter which side someone may take in this particular battle, um, and I think one can, if they'd like, place these, the adults, at the very least, on a spectrum of most to least worst, uh, <laughs> the main characters have all conspired to some degree or another in, in terrible things. And certainly... Rhaenyra and Damon and Otto and was it is it Loris Laris Clubfoot uh, yeah Loris yeah yeah you know all participated in in, in somebody's murder um and then <laughs> and then Renis you know just dragon stumped half of a you know town square right you <laughs> just you know, went to Times Square with a dragon uh, on New Year's Eve and just tap danced on everybody. And uh, yeah, so they, they all ha- are guilty of crimes, even though you could argue well, who's going to be more responsible for the bigger body count. Once you've got the one body on your hand, uh, and nobody seems all that sad for it, right? I don't hear Damon feeling sad for killing his wife. I don't hear either Damon or Rhaenyra feeling sad for the the poor bastard that they murdered in order to smuggle out her ex-husband. You're a murderer. And none of them, like I said, expressed remorse or regret or beg for forgiveness. So, yeah, they're all pretty bad. Uh, And everything from here on out is a matter of degree. Yeah, that's a fair way to put it. Um, so, yeah, so we got, um, Rhaenyra, 
um, or Veneris or Venera, uh, wanting to not shed bloodshed if she can help it. Um, so kind of like Alicent, she doesn't want to uh, cause bloodshed. Now, not that either of them deserve to have the throne because I, I, I would, if I would be a rebel and try to assassinate all these scumbags. But well, then so then you would be dead. You're probably right. I rather hey, I, better dead than red, my friend. Better dead than red. Yeah, but but <laughs> if, again, if you're saying if you were if you were in that society, you wouldn't have that attitude because you would have been raised with a whole different yeah, set true. of ethos. That's, right? that's, and that's true. That's in all of us, uh, you know, are in that position. It's way easier to judge that from our yep. perspective. And that's I don't fair. see any. I don't see a John Locke running around out there preaching natural rights to anybody, right? So, no, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, you can't put make you know decisions based off of how you would react in a situation that was hundreds of years ago, or in a different world. In this case, when your your values and growing up are completely different based off that society than what we we know here. So that's an absolutely fair point. But what I was trying to get at without adding that uh, piece in was that all in all, Venera is 100% correct. Um, her side is, is the right side if, you're have, if you have to support one of these sides because uh, her father had named her the heir, even if that usurped the, the regular standard of who would be heir. Um, but you know, this king was a little more radical because, you know, he married for love rather than for uniting families. He uh, gave uh, his daughter the, the, um, the uh, I guess, the heir rather than his brother or waiting to see if he would have any more children uh, and on and on. So being that as it is, um, her side is 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 the correct side, if if you follow natural law of this weird world. And Allison and the rest of them are all traitors and should be uh, executed. Thoughts, opinions? Well, I mean, <clears throat> we know, or we we've seen what has been the issue throughout the season, and you have. Viserys, who made a decision, uh, a bunch of people didn't like it, and you had people thus conspiring to try and reverse that decision in many different ways, and then you have a situation where Allison hears what she wants to hear and pushes that agenda fur further. Um, again, if we're going to go with whatever the king says is is what is then yeah they basically gave him an fu right <laughs> they they gave him a what was that sure they, they gave him a fuck you <laughs> right yeah yeah i guess you're right yeah yeah I, I mean what about you barrett and mike what, what what's your opinion um do you think uh allison and the, and all of them are yes Okay, fair. I knew you were. They are all traitors. Yeah. They are all traitors because his official word was that she would be the heir and 
he made his bannerman, you know, accept that. Right. So by going back on that, anybody that goes back on that is a traitor. Whatever Allison heard in a death row doesn't really mean anything. It's not official just because she heard it. Yeah, and 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 that's the thing is is that that the, the there's two types of of people like this. There's the traitors, which these people most certainly are, and then there's the people that say we just want an independent country or we don't want to be ruled by these people anymore or whatever. But that's not their goal. Their goal is they just want power. So most certainly they're traitors. And Allison hearing that, and we discussed this when we saw that episode, that she heard it and maybe she misunderstood it, but she most certainly wanted to misunderstand it anyway because she always right. wanted her son to be the king. Yep. Well, exactly. that's why when she said it, right, they still they gave her looks because that isn't that convenient, right? That he said this thing that no one else heard except for you that just happens to be the thing that benefits you. Right. right. Well, and, and she convenient. did hear it. She did hear it. Well, but, and right. what puts but, even more of a lie to it is the fact that they, the whole council was conspiring for this anyway. Yes, not as long term. Well, but that's, that's why they're the traitors. Yeah. I'm sorry, but Allison, and we can argue what she would have done had this not happened. Um, and, and we had that debate about how sincere her apologies were to, uh, to Rhaenyra, and I still believe that a lot of that was sincere. I don't know what she would have ended up doing, push comes to shove. Clearly, the rest of the, the, the council would have pushed to get Aegon on the throne, and who knows where she would have gone. Probably would have sided with them anyway, which would have made her a traitor. But she did hear a thing. She may have heard what she wanted to hear. This is a king without pretty much absolute authority. He does not need to have something approved by Congress in order for it to be be be, be waived into law. If the king wants somebody to be his heir, he wants that person to be his heir. They're they're his heir. Is my understanding of how that works? So she is deeply misunderstanding what was going on, but I don't believe she's betraying what she thinks his wishes are. So if intent is a part of this, then I have a hard time putting her in the same boat as the rest of her compatriots. Uh, I would agree, except by the way she went about all of this, which was not necessarily in a good way. So I, I still say she's a traitor. If she, yeah, was wholehearted, if she was wholeheartedly believing that, she would have just done it the correct way of having her son crowned rather than not. She would have had a discussion about it with Rhaenyra anyway. And you could, and I mean, this is maybe a side point, but the fact that she poisoned her children with the hate for how many years? Like, you're setting it up for not good stuff, right? Like, if she was truly innocent and not meaning anything, you wouldn't be putting pouring poison in your kids' ears, would you? Well, in the dichotomy of her and Rhaenyra and how Rhaenyra treats her kids is so different. I mean, you could see the love in Rhaenyra's eyes. I don't know that I felt that with Allison in the same way. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you, Barrett, and you, Sean, that uh, I see Mike's point. But yeah, I again, see his point, but it's... But I, I do think she was hearing things she wanted to hear and then when she ar arrested uh lady 
Valeria, whatever her name is, and put her away and then still had her son um, uh, crowned without sending a diplomat to uh, Venera to say what was going on, especially when you have dragons, you can get there in in pretty quick time. Um, It kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Um, If we want to look at her as anything but um i don't know it's it's just yeah i I just i just feel that she could have done what uh venera was going to do which was she could have said you know what we're just going to go and let her become queen because that's what the king said before uh he was in a state of uh, delusion due to drugs and, and death and dying words and all that crap. But. And I would also go back to the one other thing, which is when Rhaenyra made efforts to try and reconcile and Alicent shot those down, there was no effort to try and find the middle ground, right? Mm-hmm. Alicent was set in her situation that we're going to get Aegon on the throne. Yeah, that, that well, that's the thing is that marriage can change things and and unite families, but again, Rhaenyra Rhaenyra was saying the next generation, not this generation, while Alicent wanted this generation to be the leader, not the grandkids. Right? She wanted her son to be king, not her grandkids to be king. So um, that's why she probably turned it down. But again, it was a power move. And even at that point, she wasn't – she should have took it because – in other words, it shows that she is is complicit because at that point, the king was still alive and Venera was still considered the rightful heir to the throne. And Venera offered – to unite the families and have your grandchildren become the next leader after me. And she turned it down. And the reason she turned it down was she was waiting to did either. She turned it down. I don't know that she had the chance to actually. She did. Yes. She, she turned it down. Okay. She did. Yeah. <laughs> because she basically and, spit in her face. She said, yes. you're in a weakened moment. So now you want to make peace. Oh, I'm sorry. I was getting the, the, the wrong offer. Okay. Let's let's. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and so that offer was way before anything changed, and she turned it down because obviously why, – why would she turn that down unless she wanted her son to be the king, right? So yep. you could use that in court to prove that she was complicit. There is mer- motive. Yeah. She yeah. had clear motive. Yeah. That was clear motive right there. Yep, absolutely. So I, I think she is a traitor. Because even if she had feigned – Oh yes, let's listen. Let, we'll let's we'll consider it. Like no, there was none of that. It was no. <laughs> right. So and, and why, situ- why would she turn it down? There's no reason to turn it down, right? Unless not if you she, not if you want to keep the realm together, right? Right. Right. The only reason she turned it down was because she wanted her son to become the king. And if she agreed to it, she was admitting that Venera was was the ear and she didn't want to do that so really did she ever recognize 
Rhaenyra as as the heir. Probably not. She may publicly have said, yeah, you know, whatever. But in in her mind, she never really recognized it. I think I don't think. Um, I guess no one has any comments. Uh, I guess we can wrap it up. So let's give our final thoughts. I'm just kidding. So uh, wait a minute. I was like, what? Wait a second. This is quick. Well, I, I'd kind of like to talk about the stuff from this episode, but. Well, yeah, this, I mean, it, this, all, it all plays into this. So it's that that's. Well, it plays right, into right. We, we kind of rehashed the, the Allison stuff all last week. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, we're, we're looking at it through the perspective of Renair and Damon and, Ad, and the and the Blacks, which is, are they traitors or not? And, well, and in their perspective, then yes, they are, because nobody was there at the deathbed to hear what Allison said. Right. Or when right, I hear right. what Allison heard. They don't know what was going on, but to them, yes, they're all traitors. They're just hearing what they've heard. This whole thing, and I do think that one of the things they've done masterfully for this, leading all the way up to the what happens at the end of the episode, a lot of what happens, a lot of the worst things of what happens, happens as a result of misunderstanding and accidents and tragedy that provokes responses, assuming the, the, the worst of the other person. But uh, again, it comes back to Allison and the rest of them being traitors because they should have just said Rhaenyra is the heir and is now the rightful queen. Yeah, I still to, say to that, that whether I still say whether Allison heard whatever she heard, it's still not official. Just because the king said it to her, you need more than just there well, is no. Some, there's no. There's no official. He's the king. It, no, there is some of Otherwise, you wouldn't have to get the bannermen to say yes. Well, there it is makes more it than just the king. It, no, it it comes down to war if you're just going to say whatever you want to say. <laughs> well, it does, but there's arguments that. Can it's cut a whole too- lot of ways. And again, how long did the Bannermen get held to their word, especially when the Bannermen who swore have died? Bannermen change their vows all the time. That I agree. I'm not saying that it doesn't happen. I'm saying that in in the the way I see it officially is that they're the traitors because I don't. You could never verify anything that Allison sent about that. Said about well, that. no. And the only person that Allison can verify to is herself. But everyone else problem. can verify that he said Rhaenyra is his heir, including right. Allison. But that's, but again, you're arguing perspective. And the question is, well, what if he had said it? What if he really wanted that? It still wouldn't matter because he was on his deathbed. She's the only one that heard it. No one's able to verify it. We already have verified uh, succession with Rhaenyra. Right, right, but in this world, it's what the king wants is what the king wants, and what the king wants, the king gets. And, and Allison, we're, you know, and now Allison, we're just down to force. And, and Allison knows that this is going to lead to war. Right. Right. Which is why she does it on the sly and has him crowned like that, which is why well, I be, say that she's the more... She's also trying... The one to in subvert, the wrong. She's trying to subvert her father and his allies, and she's doing things and trying to hope not to avoid a war. I think she just wants to be the one mainly in power. Oh, she's not going to be the one in power. Oh, but but oh, I, I think I, she, I think she she's the hand behind way. the king. Yeah, because she could have told her father "f you," and she could have 
uh, went to sent ravens to Rhaenyra and say, my father's trying to overthrow you. I'm on your side. But he, she didn't. She, no, no, she, no, because he's not. She's not. What she's right, trying to right. do, what she was trying to do was to get her son on the throne, number one. But number two, she was trying to do it in a way that was going to avoid uh, an outright war, try to avoid having Rhaenyra murdered. Right. And that, which is what her father was trying to do. So she was doing her own way of trying to do this with the least amount of Purging. bloodshed possible. Right. And, and her, where her father was doing something else. And Renera is doing something like life. She's considering, does she keep the throne or not? Because she's trying to minimize the bloodshed. And of course we know what happens uh, to provoke her. Um, tragic as that was. Right. Yeah. I, I, again, though, I mean, it really comes down to did Allison honestly believe that, or was she just willing it to believe that Aegon was named the heir by her husband or not on his deathbed? Now, even if she, even if he he was, which we know he wasn't, but well, we can't verify that, but we're pretty much sure that he was just referring to the the, the old legend, not not his son. But let's let's assume that. He was referring to his son. By her doing what she does, Barrett is 100% right, which is she can't verify it. And everybody in the entire world knows that the king had named his daughter as the heir. Well, so, we also know if this if this was if this this is a world with magic in it. So if for someone somehow she and they, they can have people to, to hear claims all the time. And where if she was asked present, you have these two claims, and she stood up and she said, this was what he said, this was his claim, this is what he said on his deathbed, this is what I heard him say on his deathbed, and they had some way to magically compel her to speak the truth, she would have said the same thing. And as soon as that was verified as being the truth, then nobody would doubt that that's what he wanted, even though it wasn't what he wanted. Now we're getting really hypothetical because they don't have that type of magic, even though it is. Well, no, they don't. But I'm saying not that we know of, (laughs) but, you know, or if they got the what what the what the hell was a a green seer like like Brandon. I'm sure she believes her lie because that's what liars. That's what liars do. They make it so close. They make it so close to the truth. She is lying. She's hearing what she's she not wants lying. to hear. Uh-huh. She has she has no other context. The only other option from what she was hearing is that he wanted the other Aegon, who is currently an infant, to skip over Rhaenyra and go to she, his grandson Aegon. She's expecting to understand him like he's talking rationally. No, I think she knows better. And she's smart enough to know that he's dying and sick and he can barely even see probably. And doesn't even know what he's saying. I, you know, I don't think she's. Oh, she's, she's hearing what she she's hearing what she well she's hearing what was said. She's interpreting it in a way that's favorable to herself. And you know, good rule of thumb is when you hear what you want to hear to 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 dub it to doubt it doubly, rather than just being generic uh, generally skeptical. Um, because we 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 want to buy in so much, we are we are we tend to let our guard down. Absolutely, she's she's guilty of of sloppy thinking and reasoning here. No question. I don't know that she's lying. Uh, I wouldn't call it a lie. I think we. I think we should move on because we're not. Gonna I, agree yeah, on, I never want to get agree. onto this because this is not this episode, and we're not going to agree. That's on That's last anyway, week, so it's pointless. All right. So for this episode here, uh, we have Damon, who is 
similar to Otto, which is he just wants to purge in, in war. Um, while his wife is similar to Otto's daughter, which wants to take power or, or have their side. No blood. I should say, <laughs> but not shed blood, which of course yeah. is, is ridiculous because um, when two sides are trying to vie for the power in a world that isn't uh, locked in with, uh, I guess, some sort of declaration or constitution or paper or work or whatever, then this is going to be problems and bloodshed. So um, the question is, who's going to blink first or who's going to give up? And based off of what happens in this episode, we, we, we know that, that there isn't anybody going to give up. So there's going to be a war. But my question is, what do we think of Damon's reaction? Is he being rash or is he being smart? Because you can technically look at Otto. And again, Otto's a traitor. But if we're in Otto's perspective, Otto wanted to do what regular dictators do, which is purge all the enemies and then peace will, will occur. So is Damon, who's not a traitor, correct? Or is he being over rash? No, I think you should burn them all down. Well, to technically, I, 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 I mean, war is a bad and horrible thing, but they did steal the throne. So I think you're probably right. Barrett. From Damon's perspective, I'm just I'm going yeah. from his perspective. I don't I don't think he, he thinks he's being rash. I also don't think myself. I don't think he's being rash. They right. do have the, the handle on the dragons, which gives them a right. huge advantage. Seemingly, seemingly, but, yeah, 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 seemingly. Um, but a lot of poor decisions, I think, are going to get made that make that a little more even. So, right. And the, and the thing is, is we've already seen, I know it's back to last episode, they've already moved all the money out of King's Landing, right? Except for a small portion. So the Greens have already moved money. They're, yeah, they're stealing you know, the money. <laughs> they're not really concerned. You know, this isn't a concern really about the realm. It's about their power base, right? Right. So I can see why Damon, Damon even doesn't even know that stuff. He's just going to go on what you loudly expect to happen if you were doing a power grab. Well, right? well here's, a, here's an analogy. Uh, say, and we'll just use a, a small city. So you have a small city of 30,000 people and as a mayor and he croaks and the the deputy mayor is supposed to move into power. But then some guy comes flying up or a woman in this case comes flying in and say, I am the new mayor. And that's just how it is. And Damon, who's the police chief is like, hold on. What? That's not how it works. You're, you're, it's, he's that, <laughs> she's trying to overthrow the mayor. Who's the deputy mayor. This ain't can't be right. We got to arrest her. So, what you said, Barrett, which is burn, which basically means arresting the the, the kook, or in this in in this show, the traitors. He's right because they just declared a king that's not supposed to be the king, and so yeah, it's already, in his eyes, it's already war. I'll tell you what I would have done. Yeah, exactly. And people have been executed already, like Beesbury. But I'll tell you what I would have done. I would have burned down 
uh, Hightower and his little group that came there. Then I would have gone on to King's Landing and burned out the whole Red Keep, killed everyone in there, and tried to leave as many of the civilians alone as possible, and then I'd be done. Yeah, I, when Otto showed up, I, I think I would have just arrested him right on the spot. If yeah. not killed him, but definitely, he wasn't good. Put it this way, I wouldn't let him go. She's the queen, so I would have yeah. judged him, had yeah. him come before me, judged him, and then Off had him executed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You've betrayed me, you're dead. There's yeah. no terms here. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and even if you didn't believe that he, she should have, he should be executed, he, he most certainly should have been arrested on the spot. Yeah. It's very cute that you came to, to see us, and uh, now welcome to our prison. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. That that's I would have arrested him on the spot, no doubt about it. Um, Mike, what's your opinion on that? Uh, when Otto showed up uh, as a traitor uh, and quote unquote a diplomat to the real queen from the false king, uh, what what's what's your opinion on that? What what th- should they have done? Yeah, they have rules, and you have the you 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 are. You have someone coming as a diplomat. You have someone. This is this is the uh, uh, the red wedding, right? That was a about as grievous a sin as anyone has committed from the perspective of that culture. In all the the things that happened on Game of Thrones, is you you don't murder your guests. And even though he's a traitor, no argument. He's coming under the flag of diplomacy. He is giving them terms. And it, it, and it it really would be a, a massive norm violation to do that. What about a You mean like killing a messenger on his dragon? We'll get to that. But what about <laughs> arresting? What, what about arresting Otto if not executing him? I don't. I, I think again, you don't arrest the messenger. Well, and I'm not. I'm not sure if that works though in in relation to the kingdom itself. He's part of the kingdom, and she would see him as a rebellious part of the kingdom. And she also took off his hand and threw it into the water. You only you only have to treat with people who are equals, or and she should not be seeing them as equals. Right, right. And she, like she, I said, she took off his hand symbol and threw it. Right. Yeah. I mean, oh, oh, so she took off a pin. That's that's not the same as putting somebody in prison. And just because he that that they'll have, they'll make another one. Yeah, I mean that not, was, not, 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 was that, that was just a gesture. No, no, but the point is, is by throwing it away, he's, she's saying, she's saying you're you're not the hand anymore. So and, technically, and it doesn't matter. She doesn't have the authority to do that from their perspective. Well, that's why so, she should have just arrested him, right there. But Take, again, but the problem is, she's at the point at the moment of trying to figure out whether she wants to go to war or not, and arresting him would probably force that issue. Yeah. And in the end, he the crowning is the, the the damage has been done. Aegon has the, has the crown. Aegon has the throne. They have King's Landing. They have a lot of people lined up behind them. While I well, Otto, no question, is tactically going to be and strategically important to their side. What you are going to be doing then is forcing them to go to war, and she doesn't want to hasn't decided to do that, that quite yet. That's the main issue. Yeah, she has not come to that conclusion that she knows she needs to go to war. If they had just gone over with all the dragons they had right then, they might have been able to win it immediately and take out everybody they needed to take out. But because they wait, that's not going to be possible. 
and she still needs allies. Right. And if, if, yeah, taking, taking King's Landing it doesn't mean anything if you can't keep it. Right. And Damon is the sort of hothead who I could see taking, if not, uh, taking Otto, if not killing Otto, because it feels good, because it's what he wants to do. But long term, it could cost him because it could end up he could end up alienating people. He could end up alienating I don't know the Starks, for example, or people that they need. And so it could be a short term gain and a long term loss. So, Mike, are you trying to say that to arrest him is not a problem if they already had the Starks and the the rest of the families on their side, but since no, they... I'm saying that there's a lot of things that have to be factored into this, and um, that you can't just and and a lot of it is simply the fact that I don't know all the the ins and out of outs of the culture of this world to say how the rest of that world is going to respond to it. So it's not it's not as simple. He did this, you you do that because there's always ramifications. There's always ripples, and we all know having watched enough of Game of Thrones, that even doing the right thing often has terrible, terrible consequences. So I, I don't know what the right thing... Reality is, if you get rid of Otto, um, you know, I take that back, because she still has Loras, right? Um, but Otto is going to be one of her main advisors. Get rid of him, and that puts a real hurt on their operation. I don't know how well they know that, but who knows? Maybe Loras could could substitute for him. We don't know what would really be gained other than a possibly discrediting yourself and b giving the other side something to fight for. Sort of like how uh, killing Ned Stark was probably not the smartest thing that um, Joffrey, Joffrey could have done. Well, let me yeah. ask you this: by <laughs> not arresting him, does she show weakness because she's letting a traitor go, or does she show strength? It's it's so much. It depends, as Obi Wan Kenobi says, on his, your your point of view. Um, you know, is it is it really strength just impulsively kill kill your the enemy in front of you? Well, I'm again. I'm not. I, I don't think it's impulsive saying, to kill Hightower. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm saying arrest. I mean, you don't have to kill. You, you can just arrest him, take him off the board as a traitor. I, I don't. I don't necessarily know that that's that can be seen as signs of strength, but but letting him go can be seen as a sign of strength. A lot. It all just depends on your your interpretation. And again, I think that depends on putting yourself in the position of that. That is a of what is allowed in that culture at that time, and how would others perceive it? All right. So we talked about that. So what? do we feel from that point what what do we feel about these blacks then um are they moving too slow then but it really does not sound good when you call them these blacks it just doesn't uh well well it's 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 that's what they are the blacks and the I, yeah, I know i, mean, I know the dreams <laughs> oh I, I gotta edit that one out uh the blacks and the greens those are the factions we can't get away from uh, that uh <laughs> yeah, they are. I'm just saying. I'm aware of it. It just, it just. Uh, it, let's be honest. It just does not sound good. Look, if you're going to force me to pick a side between the two, Renera has the better claim. 
Renero has actually done something that nobody on the green side has, which is actually considered surrendering, for lack of a better term, for the good of the realm. Um, she's I think trying that's to over now, though. Well, that is totally over. <laughs> um, I, I that don't dispute that. Happened. Yeah, that could have happened. Yeah. Well, I, I, that I, is, I, oh, go on, Mike. I'm sorry. But, but say, at no point did you see Allison say, well, I know this is what my husband said, and I, I, I really believe this is what he wanted. But there will be so much misery and so many horrible things happening if we do this. So let's not do it. That thought never seems to even enter into her head. Nope. Well, that, and that's, um, that's, that, that's my, my point, which is the, the moment she, whether it was intentional or not, whether it's something she heard and wanted to hear it or not, the point is the, the moment she decides that her son should be the king or the greens decide that uh Rhaenyra is and Damon technically the the blacks are, are technically already at, at war because they're being usurped at least right in their eyes but I think it also says something that she's she's taken by surprise at, at how prepared they are for this uh um, who who Allison you mean Allison, yeah. the greens are, are that prepared yeah yeah because yeah, they yeah. They most certainly were. They, they've been scheming this for years. And, and I think that's a weakness for Rainier. And I don't mean weaknesses in a bad leader or whatnot, but not for seeing it, especially after she had offered the grandchildren of Allison to be the next king and her yeah, she's I, turning I, it down. I'll agree with that because she, um, she and Damon just decide, fuck y'all, we're out of here, and basically left. Viserys yeah. uh, the machinations of the whole high power right. family right yeah w- without having her own representatives as part of like the council which you would right. have thought she would have had someone that was a true ally of hers there you know but but she didn't she didn't even have I that I think because- the reason for that though is because she was worried for her sons the way things were going it was going to get bloody earlier I think and by taking them away from there, it 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 actually made it take longer to come to this point. Um, and, you know, by doing that, she also, by looking so reasonable, she secured Corliss's help as well, which I think in the end is going to be very helpful to her. Right. right. But, no, let's, let, but it still no, let's, doesn't show her fourth thought where she should have had her own person at the castle in a high powered spot. I don't know that she could. I mean, the the council was all chosen by the king, which was influenced by Alison. So if you don't have anyone on the small council, then you're basically not in the main on power. Right. So the, the and the question and again, we have questions. There's things that happen. And we don't know. Right. Um, we know that for some reason, Hightower was reinstalled as the hand of the king and it was sort of portrayed as being inevitable that that was going to happen once Sir Strong, or whoever it was, was, was died in the fire. Um, what if Damon was there? Would the king maybe have taken him as his hand? Um, or taken Rhaenyra as his hand? Or one of their allies? Would he have uh, put more of their allies on the small council? If 
uh, Allison comes to the small council after he dies, and not only do you have um, Rhaenyra and Damon and their dragons there, but you have more than one ally on the small council. They're there in front of all those lords where they get to bend the knee, so it's not just one person demanding bend the knee to me. They have a choice before them. Um, the, where the Kingsguard has a choice before them, and the white and the, the and the, the the gold cloaks all have a choice before them, whose side to do, as opposed to, well, there's only one game in town. Well, they, we it is play. it is interesting that there were really no Targaryens on the council, the small council at this point, right? Um, so yeah, they had no power, but I mean, the only one I could think of that would, I mean, Rhaenyra and Daemon could have been on there, but. I don't know that it would have they would have been put on there by the king anyway. He was still being influenced enough that I think High Hightower still would have come back and nothing was gonna stop that. That was I mean in, whole Laris's whole which, plan. In which in which case being off again, there's 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 two possibilities I basically see. Possibility one, them being present could have prevented the assumption in the first place because they would have had it had someone there to say no that 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 the, anybody who's who might have waffled would have been had a choice to make and they could have made it the other option is that they couldn't have stopped it by being there and so by being there all they would have done is given them a chance to get sealed their own fate <laughs> and sealed their own fate so but Again, if if Damon had been on the small council, I could see a totally different. It might have still turned out the same way, but a few people, would, more people, would have died. <laughs> right. Well, you have what five people on the small council? Six. Uh, so even if Otto, was, even if Otto is the hand, yeah, if you have if if after Otto you have a split of three and three. Um. Again, it may not be quite so easy. The, 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 yeah, the, as it was, they had one, very quickly. Right? Right. They had one, and then, well, of course, you know, uh, Sir Kristen kind of changed the numbers and probably would have tried to if there were two, even. Right. So, yeah, so she didn't, for, I uh, think, think, think it through before she left. Tactically, yeah, it was a bad decision, but. I think when she was acting as a mother, as not a mother, as a political yeah. person. Sure. sure. I, and but, I think but also might be what saved her. Yes, but exactly. But as always, we're not living in a multiversal uh, reality where we get to peek into the window of, oh, let's see the alternate history and where if Daenerys right. hadn't left. Not Daenerys. Rhaenyra hadn't left. To find out for sure what's right. We can offer hypotheticals, and but we don't know. And you know how it would have turned out? It would have turned out the way George R. R. Martin would have wanted it to turn out. Well, and it's interesting because if they had not placed Aegon on the throne, she might not have gotten Renice's support. Right. But because they did it that way, she did get her support. And then that helped win over Corliss as well. Well, she also got her support because of how she responded, that she watched this woman suffer through a miscarriage. Suffer through the death of her father, and yet still try her best to avoid war 
and phrases it very specifically in the context of I don't want to be, you know, the the, the kingdom of king, uh, the the queen of the ashes. I don't want my people, the people, to suffer, except for that one guy that we murdered. In order and, to, and threw in yeah. the, and th- and the fire where he didn't get it. And threw in the fire. Um, <laughs> but but again, who is he saying? She's saying this in front of the woman who who just had her dragon breakdance upon a, a very large crowd. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so we're not talking about moral people here. Right? Yeah, so it's it's it is a perspective, but it's a shows a true leadership in a way that goes beyond pure selfishness, and what she has not shared with anybody really, except now her husband, is the prophecy of Aegon the First of the the Long Night, um. And she's aware, like that, this has to take priority over everything. This is this this is the 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 salvation of the kingdom eventually, and it's important that the Targaryens are there and the Targaryens are strong in order to stop it. Um, I think it's interesting, and you could see this for the first time, I think, in this episode because we've seen dragons in isolation up to this point, or we've seen dragons of similar size next to each other. This is the first time we were seeing multiple dragons in the same episode of radically different sizes. We are taught in the early in the first season of Game of Thrones that you had um, what is the name of the the, the, the great dragon here? It begins, begins with a Vagar. Vagar and and Balerion the Dread were these massive, you know, warship sized dragons, and they kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller until the last of the dragons was only the size of a house cat. Well, you look at the size of the dragon that her son is riding on. Now, admittedly, I think that was, that was a hatchling dragon, right? One that was hatched when was like put in his crib. If I remember correctly, uh, Luke. Yeah, I think you're right. So that means that that dragon is probably 14, 15 years old too. So it's not fully grown, but you compare that to Vagar. You compare that to uh, Syraxes and all the rest of them. The dragons are getting smaller, and, and it's been proposed. I think they may have mentioned it in the the after show um, or the behind the scenes. Is that maybe the turning away from the prophecy is what's severing the connection with the dragons and resulting in the dragons being weaker? Um, and that's why you, and you're not getting these full-size dragons anymore. And she's trying to turn them back to what their true goal is, as opposed to this petty politics and infighting. That the Targaryens do have sort of a, really do have a divine right in, in, a, in a weird way. Uh, you, may, you may quibble as to the phrasing of that. And that certainly doesn't necessarily mean they have the divine right to rule, but certainly the divine right to their dragons and a, and a, and a, mission a destiny to save the known kingdoms from the ice king and his purely peaceful intentions night king not the ice king and she's trying to keep to that she's not going to but she's trying and i think that's what re- wins uh Rhaenys over I didn't write down if I could if I could see well enough. 
um, there was something that happened that Renice made it like gave a glare to. Um, and, and it just was a response, and it was that sort of. I took it to be like sort of that admiring um, kind of her strength in the way that's something I, I know I wrote it down and really having a hard time reading at this point. Um, regardless, I think there's a lot out here. Uh, when Damon had, I don't remember what Damon had said, um, but he was undermining Rhaenyra's authority kind of in the room and, and Rhaenyra just says, clear the room. And as she's walking out, you just see, uh, Renice give a, uh, this, like this smile, like, Oh, like she's, she's going to rip into her husband. She's not letting him take over. Uh, she's not letting him, him bully her into something she doesn't want. And she gives a very approving nod. And I'm pretty sure this is before she has this conversation with Corliss. So she's really kind of impressed that she's watching this young woman become the queen that she was never able to be. Yeah, I mean, they, they were able to do it as best they can in a 10 minutes, I guess, you know, uh, because, again, you know, there hasn't been much development. Um, no, it's all it's all in the looks and expressions. And, and, yeah. if, you, and if you watch her and, and I, I was watching her and watching her reactions. And you could see, like, she's she's frequently giving approving looks to Rhaenyra for how she's handling the situation. And the, now, this is obviously how I'm interpreting it. She never uh, really comes right out and says it, yeah. except when she sits down with Corliss and says, you know, here's this, this young woman, you know, who her husband just murdered your brother, you know, uh, is doing everything she can to try to avoid bringing us into war. Yeah, I, I I honestly think it's a uh, that's fair, but I also think she's an opportunist, and she would have took the better deal if if it was uh, Allison, uh, just as her husband was like, I just want to be neutral and get the fuck out of here. And if he was a, a different leader, if he was like uh, Sansa Stark or Jon Snow or something, he would have declared independence uh, for Valeria probably, but. Instead, he just wanted to just sit it out and, and let the two Targaryens fight. And I think his wife would have done either or as well. But she was instead of of wanting to be neutral, she was just looking for the better deal. So I don't know if it, if she really gave a rat's ass about uh, Rhaenyra. Had uh, Allison she had does. More I think. Power look, look, or, listen to what she says. Look what she does. She's not. She isn't given much of a deal. Other than the fact that you get to keep the well, thing that you already have, I think think it, what it was is she's worried about her 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 grandkids. That's what she's worried about. I don't think it, and and if she abandons, no, I, I think I think you have to look at it. You look at what she says. Look at she behaved. I, I disagree. I think well, she is. I think she, I think there's. I think was, I think I think a lot of people are being way husband. too cynical about this and not accepting what people are saying as on face value. And that's what she said to her husband. So I'm ta- I'm taking taking her face value uh what she said to her husband which is we have to take uh her aside because if we don't our, our grandchildren are dead that's basically what she said to her husband so she was standing F- up she was standing up and defending Rhaenyra 
But again, she wasn't, she wasn't defending her, and then she's going to murder our children. No, no, no. no. What, what she's saying is, if we remain neutral, our our grandchildren will be victims of the Greens. They might, but that's what she said. Well, she could have just easily declared for the high towers. Right, but I think she was being more prudent by saying if we go with the high towers, our children are in danger. So we if the high towers are eliminated, then our children will will be safe. No matter what her children No matter what they do, her children are in danger. No matter what. Right. And if she, she has chooses, to make a side. And, right, the, and she's and, and she she the way she's expresses it is she's not expressing it out of Machiavellian terms. She's expressing taking the side they take out of pointing out the 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 the, the benefits of what, how Renera has been behaving and how she's been acting. I didn't see that at all. I, I see it. It's as, right. It's right. It's, it's right there, Phil. I promise uh, you. Okay, but also what I said was right there too, which is she's saying that the high towers will kill our children, our grandchildren. So I I can look at it that way as well, Mike. So maybe it's both. Maybe we're it both right. You know, seriously, we may be both right. Personally, uh, I would think it was it's both because yes, she could be having admiration for Renera and doing the stuff that she wasn't able to. But I also think she could have concerns knowing who she's dealing with that her grandkids are in danger. So I see both of those are very possible. Yeah. That's, and and that's, that's, I mean, because Mike is right. She, the, her admiration was there, but she also said those things too, to, to her husband. So, it, it probably is both, Sean. That 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 is fair. I and and I I don't think they're mutually exclusive. And I think that you you know again we all have different perspectives of, as we're watching the show, right? And see different things that maybe the others of us don't see, and that's fine, right? right. But I think Game of Thrones gives you enough subtlety at times. Yeah. And then other times it, it hits you over the head when it needs to, right? Well, and also what she did in last episode, not to bring up last episode again, she basically declared war on the Greens, whether or not the Greens are going to go and battle with the Blacks. Because she didn't side with them. Right. And that was the thing, right? If she had sided yeah. with them, that's one thing. She right. didn't side with them. So if you're and not she with murdered, us, you're against us. Yep. Exactly. And she murdered, you know, 2000 people and, and destroyed the dragon pits and embarrassed uh, the, the Greens. So she she had already lost any probably support of the Greens anyway. In other words, even if the Greens and the Blacks made a deal, she was in trouble by the Greens if the Greens became the, the rightful king. So it's it's a complicated thing. It's 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 very complicated. And also, I mean, again, this is just uh, just as my perspective, and no one else has to agree. But I don't know if I'd be trusting any offers from the high towers. And I I would concur too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, whether Allison is right or not, and I, again, we 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 can probably all agree, and I think I I, I, I can speak for everybody here that Alicent misunderstood her, her husband's dying wish. So what the, 
the Greens did by taking power when the rest of the world already knows or at least believes that the king had already named his daughter as the heir, they have, meaning the Greens, have have come out publicly against what the prior king's wishes were based off of what they think or heard last. So that could make them suspect to a lot of people, the Greens. Though, as we've discussed, whether the Greens are usurpers or not, there's still a large faction of Westeros and the other side of the Narrow Sea that may join the Hightower and Greens anyway, even if they believe that Rhaenyra was named the heir. So, yeah, I mean, just for the fact that they took power without any proof otherwise, even if Allison says so, would make me say, yeah, I can't trust those people because they they, uh, disregarded what the king said publicly to the entire world. And, um, and that's and but that also is going to this also that circles us back to uh, whether or not you arrest Hightower is you can't trust the Hightowers. And I think they've shown that they've shown that by by plotting in a way that we haven't seen Rhaenyra do, um, even if she maybe she should have been. I might be wrong. There may have been preparations they were making that I'm unaware of. Um, but they seem to be working on the, the assumption that they have the loyalty of all the people who swore an oath 20 years ago. And that because they don't have a, a, a leg to stand on, that they wouldn't actually force the issue, or if they tried to, they would lose. Whereas the high towers have been working vigorously behind the scenes to set things up favorably for, uh, for Aegon. So um by not appearing duplicitous they do make it more likely when they start making deals and offers with other houses and other lords that they're not going to think twice am i being set up are they going to betray me are they telling the truth yep and another example and we can argue how complicit allison was in this the strongs are murdered <laughs> when, oh yeah, the, she knows about it. She, yeah, she oh, she uh, knew about it. I don't yeah. think that was her intent, but that's a whole other issue. Sure, the sure. strongs, the, the the strongs are murdered by uh, by Loras, right? Right. Um, in you know, in the sleep, setting fire to the castle, right? Right. And, and she kind of is complicit without necessarily wanting to be com- complicit, as opposed to Damon, who just took a sword to uh, Corlys's brother, right. Admittedly, from behind, but still, I don't know that they would make that big of a difference with that. Um, he is again; he's headstrong and straightforward. But straightforward is an important part of it. You don't have that fear at the moment necessarily that they're going to murder you when you're asleep, and the high towers would. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't trust Damon anyway, but but I, I would concur that the Hightowers um, 
the time. I wouldn't powers. trust Damon. What I what I here's how I would, I would trust Damon that if he was coming after me, I would see him coming. Yeah. In all likelihood, he would still come after me. He may murder the fuck out of me. But but you're going to know, know that coming. it's happening, except for for Clovis's brother. Hightower, I might not know it's happening. Hightower might very well poison me or murder me in my sleep. And I think that's part of the reason why Damon worries about the king being poisoned. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, Otto is the marionette uh, creator or, or user or whatever, while Damon is is just a, a reactionary uh, blunt force that you would see coming after. So that's a fair point. Yep. Um, what else did we want to talk about? So we, we kind of talked about the Valerians joining up with the blacks. And we talked about Damon's uh, and Venera's uh, determination of where they're going to go, you know, whether war or think it over first. And we talked about the pregnancy. Uh, we didn't talk about Damon's uh, violent attack on his wife. Yes, that's the next thing. Let's, let's talk about that. I didn't like that scene, actually. Uh, yeah, go on. It just bothered me. I don't know. I did, It just seemed... I'm not saying it was out of character for him, but it just, I don't know, something felt wrong about it for me. I, I felt like they, they were working together better than that, and even though he's mad, I just didn't see him doing that. So, yeah, I don't know. That's how I felt and about it, it. Yeah, and it was super disturbing to see, just because that that anger or hate. Like, you could be pissed off that you didn't get told something, but I'm not sure that's the response you need to do. Well, and even Barrett's point makes sense because let's say Damon is that type of person because we did see him club his ex, his prior wife of a rock in the head. But we, he, I think Barrett has a point, which is it, it didn't feel real to seeing his reaction based off of the way they were working together prior. I see. I took that scene, and I appreciate not liking it, and I, and I wasn't comfortable with it either, but it is Damon. I think part of it is to remind you that however much Damon has changed, he's still Damon. Um, but I also think there was a scene, and I can't remember who she was talking to, where there is the philosophical debate in Game of Thrones with Cersei about the nature of power. Yeah, that was Baelish. It was with, with, okay. And Baelish, and she orders her guards to kill Baelish. And then stops them and then just reminds him you know, that it's that uh, it's not perception that's power or support that's power. The people that are power, power is power. Right. And I think to a degree that is basically what Damon was doing is reminding her that power is power. And that's fair. Right. But um, now, now the way he illustrated it was in a, a terrible, abusive, dickish way. Um, but it's Damon, so but, not a shock. But I, I do like Barrett's point because, yeah, we all can say we're disturbed at the scene because it was male threats and violence on a woman. 
However, I think Barrett's point isn't that because since it's a fictional show, you're going to see characters act certain ways based off of who they are. And if they're abusive type of people, it, it, it would work. And it's just disturbing because it's of what type of scene it is, but it's not out of character and it's not something that um, is disturbing because of what the, who the character is. But I think what Barrett is trying to say is he and his wife, Rhaenyra, the queen, have never acted that way between – he's never acted that way to her before, so it didn't feel right. That's what I think Barrett's talking about, not that it was a disturbing scene. And I can concur with you, Barrett, because it didn't feel right. Yeah, that that's kind of what I was saying, because it's it something felt out of place in that scene, and it didn't it didn't feel right to me, whereas – I can see Damon doing that type of thing. It just didn't feel right with her. Right. Well, I think to me, it's that one, they've never been in this position before. And two, he's, I think he's doing it not just out of anger. I think he's doing it in order to make a point. Um, And he's doing it in a very bad way. And and she called his bluff too. And she called his bluff. And, but it's, but it is setting it down. Like she is picking up her father's mantle, which is problematic, especially now that we're heading into a time of war, picking up the peacekeeper's mantle is maybe not the best thing. And he would never surrender the throne because of a prophecy where she is believing it the way her father did. And he's more skeptical of it. Um, and that's kind of his point is like, no, yeah. fuck them. These are traitors, and we need to put them down. That is our duty. That is our responsibility, because we're the goddamn Targaryens. Um, and that's all that matters, as opposed to this whole weird notion of the long night and the prince who was promised and everything else that's carved into this dagger, which he didn't even know about. Right, right. I mean, even in the real world, you know, the King Arthur is one day going to come back to the, of to England and blah blah blah. So I can buy exactly what he's saying, which is it's all a crock. So for him, he's just looking logically at the world while she's looking at it, I guess, more uh, religiously or, or legend-wise, if you prefer. Well, and the weird thing is, of course, that most people, I think, in watching this show, would probably, outside the choking bits side with with Damon except for the fact that we know that the prophecy is going to come true of course we also know the prophecy is going to come true regardless of what the outcome is here because the prophecy is going to come true after the Targaryen house has collapsed completely but does it really come true well yeah that was kind of the point of the show but but it never did come true right because Jon Snow never really became king I don't think that says he becomes king oh he helps defeat the evil right you're right. That's what it said. He helps to yeah. to end the long night. Which is okay, but but all that has nothing to do with. I mean, at this point in in the world, they don't even know that the Night King exists. They they don't even know in the books. They don't even know the others exist. They, it's just rumors and like dwarfs and shit, you know. So it's almost superstition. Except the king believes it, and Rhaenyra believes it, or Viserys believed it, and Rhaenyra believes it. 
But I was speaking about we as the viewers know it's real. But, but that's what, what I'm saying is that we would, we would we would have sided with Damon if not no, for but, the fact that we've seen it come true. Well, well, I know, I know. I'm not arguing with that. What I'm asking you is what to these people here in this time frame of the world of Westeros does the long night mean? Or is that something that hasn't been predicted? That is something that's been predicted too. That there's going to be a bad thing in the future. Is that is that what the the prophecy saying? Uh, well, yeah, but I mean, I don't know what the people know. They certainly don't know the specific prophecy. And honestly, most cultures have some belief that there will be a great doom at some point in the future. Gotcha. You know, it's whether whether it's a whether it's a literal thing or just you know a way that we incorporate our own mortality in our worldview. And the fact that at some point the world really will end because we're going to end. Right. right. Um, no, no, I, I'm not disagreeing with you on, on that either. It's just that I'm, I, just so not I don't familiar know. With the, I'm just not familiar with this legend that they keep on talking about because there is no dark night now. But if they're talking about a dark night, that's also something in the future, too, just like the, the prince that's promised. Well, it's, it's, a, it's supposed to be all the same thing. The whole thing with the prince who was promised and okay. um and, and staving off the long night and the defeat of the night king and all of this, you know, which of course, like every other prophecy ever made, yeah. you know, it's not like, you know, at eight, at eight thirty-five PM, there will be a zombie king marching from the North while riding an ice dragon. They don't get that specific, you know, which would make it useful. Um, but it's very much open to interpretation, but yeah. um, you know, but it's, it's not, this isn't about the people. Renera's not arguing about what the people believe. She's arguing about what she thinks is actually going to happen right. and what the actual family's responsibility is. And she's thinking that the family is losing sight of that. Right, right. Well, Damon is saying doesn't even know it exists, this prophecy. And even if he did believe the prophecy, he's probably the type of guy that would say, that's going to be in 500 years from now. We're all dead. It doesn't even matter. What matters is right now, right here. But... um Either way, that scene, what was the point of that scene then? It was, obviously, it was to make us to look at Damon as a little unhinged because it, they used violence against women when they didn't have to. Because I guess it's, that was didn't happen in the book, the, the actual choking. But what was the point of the scene just to let us know that Rhaenyra is thinking more level-headed than him? I, I would argue it's coming out of character. It's showing him pushing her into war, her resisting it, but also showing where their different perspectives are, um, that she is trying to look at things. Why is she being hesitant to do it? And she's being hesitant because of she's, she's dealing with this, this prophecy on the dagger that her father told her about. You know, and that tells us something about her motivation and also tells us something about Damon, that Damon doesn't give a shit about that. Now, let's go to... Collis and his the one that's saying that we have to round up this family and that family and the Starks and here and there. Based off of what he said, and again, this is only a, a five minute scene or, or that you know George R. R. Martin and the, and the showrunners put in, but it was enough to make us understand that Collis seems to be a pretty smart guy. So why not announce him as the hand right there and then? Because the Queen can technically have a hand now because isn't she? The queen, even if she isn't been coronated the right way, and isn't Collis kind of the smartest guy in the room, therefore make him the hand. 
Thoughts, questions? I don't see it. I, I mean, the only thing I could think is we, he seems to be still recovering from whatever happened in his misadventures. So maybe that is a concern with health. But I mean, otherwise, yes, he, you would think he would be one of the top considerations to be the hand. Plus, he's got the fleet, right? Yeah. That's a big, big thing. If you're going to be, you know, cutting off the resources or the access to resources that King's Landing has or gets by sea. Now, what was your opinion of him finding out that Damon killed his brother? Um, it, it felt a little laughable to me because if it was my brother, even if my brother is rash and he has the, the flower of the Valerians, like Clola said, I would still be fucking pissed. And I don't know if I would be able to ever forgive him. So it, it just felt unreal a little bit. It was just a little weird. I felt, I don't know. That was, that's just me. But, it could also be something you have behind this, the scenes or whatever, right? Cause I mean, Cole is, we know he is strategic, right? So it might be something that he may have, you know, behind the scenes or whatever, but he's not going to openly say something. Right. Now, if, if circumstances change or whatever, then maybe that will be, you know, that will change that perspective or process, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it just feels like someone that that happened to would be somewhere in the future would get vengeance on Damon somehow. But it, it just seems he just kind of let it uh, it happened. Uh, what are you going to do? It's, it's, well, it's one of our weaknesses. It's like, uh, let's remember the way. Let's remember the way that Rhaenyra breaks it to him. Uh, sorry, uh, Rhaenys breaks it to him. Is She phrases it as he basically was usurping the throne for two Driftmark um, and challenging authority. Now, you do that, it's kind of like, you know, your brother was, was, was shot down by police. He says, yeah, but he drew a gun on them first. You kind of go, all right, what a dumbass. You shouldn't have done that. And Corliss is at the point here where he's saying, you know, he's he's had it, he's done, he, he's he's tired of all of this, he's tired of all of, of all this pettiness and the fighting of thrones, and this is just something that reinforces that. There's that says one more thing: this ambition, you know, has got his brother killed. He, he's and he doesn't want to keep doing this anymore. And right. swearing blood vengeance again is just following them further down that same path. And and to be fair, Mike, to go along with what you said. Uh, since I, I played both sides, because uh, you know, talking it out, which is he had already accepted his grandson as the heir to Driftmark, not his brother, even if his grandson, we all know, and even he knows, isn't blood related to him. It's his grandson, right? And his brother was usurping his own grandson too. So that there that is could, that yeah so that 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 is fair too so that 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 could be a, a thing like yeah yeah my brother fucked up <laughs> and and i would say there's time and place right he is not swearing allegiance to damon he's swearing allegiance and support for rhaenyra and there is a distinction and who knows maybe if there happen to both be alive in 10 years and this is all over and nothing else matters anymore Maybe he'll fight Damon over that, but I think he's gotten to the point again where he's he's just washing his hands of the whole thing. Right, right. He's yeah. tired of all the death and bloodshed. 
yeah, yeah. If if he wasn't married to the woman he was married to, he'd already be declared uh, uh, neutrality. It was his wife that convinced him to to not be neutral. Because, like you said, he was—he's just done. He's—he washes his hand. He's—he's he's tired. Enough is enough. Um. All right. So, is there any other scenes we want to get into, or that we missed before we? I get think into we need to go into the final Luke scene. Story. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. So, I think we we talked about everything before the final story. So, uh, how do we want? All right. Uh, well, what well, I wanted to yeah. yeah what I oh, wanted to anyway. say. Sorry. What I wanted to say was I like how they focused on Luke throughout the episode, showing his uh, hesitancy about taking over Driftmark, right? Yeah. You have the sequence with him, you know, at the start doing that. Then you show the sequence with him where Jace basically beats the shit out of him and, like, has to be called off because that's not how you teach. <laughs> and it just it just shows you that he is not made for what's happening. At least not. Yet. That's not his strength. It's not his strengths yet. So, um, and just, just well, then when maybe when he gets happens, older, like, like a well, lot of people, he he's thrown into the fire. Yeah. You know, and he openly yeah. says, "I don't want this birthright or whatever yeah. this this requirement. It's you made this decision. I didn't. Right. So it's again." Like and again, I'm not an Aegon fan, but it's the same thing Aegon said. Yep. Right? Because of the parents' ambition and da 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 da, these kids then don't get a choice. That is absolutely right, and that's why I keep on using the the mafia analogy, where yeah, you know, children born into that. If they were born into your next door neighbor, they they would have just been normal kids that have a job, but because they were born into the mafia family. They get sucked into it, and their souls are ruined, like their parents. No, my my, my grandfather made the choice; he got out. So, oh, you're, you're, oh, that's right. You guys are telling me. My my my, my grandfather at 18 years oh. old was sat down at the kitchen table, and they put a gun in front of him. And they said he had a decision to make, and he decided not to pick it up. Was it the Irish mob or the, or the Italian mob? Italian mob. Okay. That's the right. Irish side of my family is not that organized. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um. So, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So he locked out. Um, his soul was saved. But uh, so yeah, th- these kids here, these kids here in this show, uh, I would even I would agree a hundred percent. You know, uh, they were f- screwed up because they even Aegon, right? W- w- because who knows if he would have been the rapist scumbag that he was if he was born into another family. You know, maybe he would have been normal. But because again, a lot of times these things people are created uh, not born that way. So, um, well, I said yeah. the importance of the scenes coming up, and as I'm thinking about it, and I realize this, this is where the high tower scene comes in. Because high tower, if high tower had no reason to believe he was safe, if there had not been a strong taboo against that in this culture, he never would have come. Right. It's not he would in the book. He did not come in the book. They sent someone else. But but again, we we yeah. keep going back to the book because yeah. the book we know is not necessarily true. And then similarly, if Renera had arrested him, that she never wouldn't be able to send out her sons in an, in that in that kind of a role. 
if she had not assumed that he was going to be safe. Uh, I was going to assume that they were going to be arrested or, or detained or executed. Right. Well, I'll tell you one thing. If she showed that she wasn't thinking uh, foresight again, because when her son, youngest son, lands at the Baratheon stronghold, and we see the other dragon there, I was like, wow, that's right. I didn't even think of that, that Allison could have been doing the same thing. So so that that was interesting. Um, but go on, Sean. That's all I had. No, I was going to say, how cool was that sequence, though, when Luke lands with Eric's and you have that it's like almost like a Godzilla scene of Vagar and just realizing just how fucking big Vagar is. And I don't know about you, I'd be pretty fucking scared. <laughs> and that's probably not a good sign when you arrive and you have that. Well, right? and, and Damon said it. Damon said, we're not the rulers, the Takirians aren't the rulers of the world because we're better than anybody else. It's it, We're the rulers of the world because we have the dragons. And that's what he said. He said that yeah. in this episode. And he's absolutely right. The only reason these people are in power is because of dragons. So... And- and that's what makes him so valuable as an advisor is that he is willing to cut through the bullshit yep. and and make a point and speak truth to power in this regard, preferably without choking the power uh, as he's saying it. Um, and he sets off on his own to start gathering up the remaining dragons because if you do the count, each side has three committed dragons. But then you have a bunch of unclaimed dragons hanging around Dragonstone. You have some wild dragons and you have dragon eggs. And I think if I counted correctly, it was something like, was it 17 dragons or? Yeah, I think you're about right. Yeah, yeah I think that, that was yeah. somewhere in that range. Yeah. And, and, and it's basically so there's so right now there's about 17 dragons and they only have three for the greens, even if one of them is Godzilla. And they have all the rest that they can claim. And because they have the true Targaryen blood, more or less, <laughs> with the exception of a, of a son uh, or two, um, they have a better shot at claiming them. They also happen to have them in vicinity. And I don't know who the dragon is that he's claiming, that he's negotiating Vermithor. with. Is it that they have yeah. they said that's that, who it is? Yep, I saw that. Yeah, someone had, they had confirmed that it was Vermithor that he was dealing with, singing the okay. Valyrian song too. Right. Now, now, um, so, so yeah, he, so he's actually um, understands exactly. Basically, you already said everything. Yeah, one hundred percent, Mike. So, yeah, exactly. So, um. If that was a, a minor tangent, but it, it was related to what what happened here. So so the the sons, as you said, uh, Sean uh, Sean, which which was very interesting. Which is uh, what what was the youngest son's name again? The, the Luke. Mark, what is it? Luke. Yeah. So Luke was a checkoff Luke throughout the whole episode, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> and he really was because and it was why, very sad too. <laughs> Yeah, so because that, you know they have the big scene, like you said, where he's arguing with his mother, and then when his mother talks to the two sons, when one's going to see the Aryans and, and the Starks, and maybe even the Riverland, um, but he they only show a, a quick scene with with that son, 
But again, they do the Chekhov son again with Luke when he's the one going to the Baratheons. And then the whole rest of the episode, the whole episode is his perspective, right? The last 15 minutes. So, so yeah, he's going to play a big role uh, in this, uh, this episode right from the start and, and most certainly the last 15 minutes. Um, so what it is, is they need the sons to go. She chooses the sons because they have dragons or, or they, rec- they actually, the he oldest offer, son, right? Yeah. He offers. And she thinks it's a smart idea, not only because they have the dragons and they get there real quick, but they're, you know, her children, which makes them um, important and, and shows that she quote unquote respects the the families that they're going to go see never mind that it's coming directly from the quote-unquote horse's mouth so to speak which is her so uh it makes sense even if in the real world they, they probably wouldn't do that because that would be like sending uh a high you know the vice president if it, you know to uh, uh, it would have been like um Harry Truman under Roosevelt being sent to negotiate with with Germany in the middle of the war, and, and you know, you obviously you don't do that because you know, look what happened to Rudolf Hess. So the the thing is, is uh, it's smart, but it's not smart. And as we see here, it's, it turns out to not be too smart, even if she didn't expect or anybody expect this to happen. But the moment he lands and we see the Godzilla, I was like, <laughs> brilliant. Because it makes sense that Allison and Otto did the exact same thing, and they just did it quicker than her. Because they were yeah, like, they knew. They're always a step ahead, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and then to see how Boros uh, acts, um, he's a dick. <laughs> well, they all are, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and again, this is where me and Mike were, had the debate earlier. But we were probably both right, which is the Valerians may have res- may respect Venera, but they also were really looking out for themselves. So, like like you said, Sean, hand in hand, they could be both. We could be both right. The Baratheon guy's the same way. He has to look at the winning side and who's going to make him the best offer. Because if he fucks up, he's dead. And he's a dick by doing it. And has a little narcissism there as well, because obviously he's like, I'm the man. Everybody wants to, I'm the man, you know, but again, this, this is just how these people are in this world, right? They're, they're all this way. Well, if he's a Baratheon, he's clearly concerned more with things like drinking and whoring than, you know, reading. Um, yeah. And, and also they're all nice touch with the maesters. Well, and, and that's yeah. the thing. This is really more like, like, like Germany than England back in the medieval days or because it's really just fiefdoms that are a confederation to right. a king. They're right. not like the king is really that important. What's really important is your own fiefdom. So I think that's how he's reacting here. Well, and I, I think this is interesting because I like the fact that they have not made, uh, this is not like a chess set. Where there's a red king and a, or, sorry, a white king and a black king, or white queen and a black queen, 
or in this case, a green and, and, and black, um, there is not a clear opposite on each side. And like Rainier, the way clearly Alicent and Rainier are, are kind of paired, but they're not serving the same roles. You know, uh, Alicent is the mother to the queen and is kind of politically naive, where Rhaenyra is a little bit more politically savvy and is the queen, is actually the, is the power on the throne itself. Um, you don't have a direct corollary to an Otto Hightower at the moment on, on, the, on the black side, uh, even if you do have Corliss as an advisor. So I think that, like we see the way that Rhaenyra goes through who the different people are that are, that her allegiance is owed to and whatnot. And she shows a grasp and understanding of the people and the politics that neither Damon seems to have, nor on the other side would Allison. At the same time, the fact that she sends her son with a note that says, remember you promised and nothing <laughs> else. And arrives there after, you know, too late um, because she was preoccupied, uh, understandably, too late. And uh, Eamon had already arrived with, hey, we can give you these things, right? We have stuff to give you if you side with us and you break your word. Well, that that was naive on Rhaenyra's part. Now, that might work with Starks because, you know, they're the fucking Starks. And they uh, have honor. Yep. And they have, and yeah, and that's that's just that's just the Stark way. We're going to honor our commitments, unless of course it's you know to to marry a free girl. Um, but uh, yeah, so that and so then that gets trumped there, and he doesn't know how to respond because Luke is a fourteen-year-old boy without a duplicitous bone in his body. You know, he did one bad thing, and that was in self-defense. Uh, it wasn't in self-defense. It was in defense of someone else. Uh, in defense of someone else, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 to be fair, yeah, it, it shows you that it, it isn't the Starks. It's it's individuals, right? Because maybe Sansa and Jon Snow and Arya and Ned were honorable, but Rob and his and Ned's wife were were, were pieces of shit. So. It depends on the individuals. So I, I don't want to say all the Baratheons, like, like you, you can go with, with Stannis, and he was kind of straight through the law, even if he kind of fucked up at the end. Um, so it, I don't, I don't want to poo-poo the Baratheons as, as scumbags. But I think Boris is much more opportunistic. What's Especially, that again? Even, he's more opportunistic, even more opportunistic than his father. Who's Because right? his father, Boris... Who's Boris? He's the Baratheon. He's the he's like his his dad was had seemed to have more ties with Viserys than that. Okay. Whereas Boris shows not so much, right? Yeah. And he's okay. going to take advantage of the situation. Yeah. So he's yeah. to to him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and, he, and he, honestly, he's stuck in a in a hard spot, and, and not to not to defend the guy for being a narcissist, but I mean. Here you are, and you got this guy that is king, or has been named king, and now they're here to make sure you're on their side. And then you have this queen that that's sent someone too. So it's like, even even if he doesn't take the better deal, even if he's not bribed, which is basically what what is happening here, he, he's in a spot which is like, what do I do? So if if I was him, 
and I saw the giant dragon versus the peewee dragon, if I saw the guy with <laughs> one eye who, who's a big, strong warrior and a 14-year-old kid, and if I'm the one that sees I got a good deal here and this person's giving me nothing, I, I think you got you got to go with Godzilla. So I think he's being smart. Right. Oh, no question. Well, I'm not, I'm not I, saying I, he isn't, but I'm just saying I he's opportunistic. Yeah, but, I but is he opportunistic? Do I don't think he's opportunistic. I think I think he's he he was probably going to take Godzilla even if if he wasn't offered the deal. Uh but, no, he's opportunist. In other words, he's opportunistic as opposed to idealist. He's take he's taking the offer that's best for him as yeah. opposed to honoring his his father's word or his word, whoever it was that that made, that, that gave their word in the first place. Right. Or 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 he's or he's he's. I mean, again, we don't know what's going on in his head except what he says. Maybe he's looking like if I, I gotta choose Aegon instead of Rhaenyra because if I take Aegon, my people will be safe. Maybe he's being oppor- uh, altruistic too. We don't know, right? I mean, we all we know is that he's 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 got Godzilla out in his courtyard, a guy with one eye that can kill everybody, and a fourteen-year-old kid who's offering him nothing, and it's like. I don't know. I'm just and that's to... the thing. It's the nothing versus something. And and if Rhaenyra had at least offered him something, there might have been something to talk about. But because there's not, yeah. and she just expects him to roll over and do whatever she says, right? That that doesn't sit well with him. And you know, in a feudal society, that's that's how things get done. Are promises. <laughs> well, and also, yeah, that's just why they have all these weird, stupid marriages. Right. Right. And yeah. right. And and let's also remember that. A, a big factor at play here is that this is kind of an even match that this isn't, if, if it was very clear that the blacks were going to lose this yeah. or, or the, or, or the, the greens were going to lose this, then I don't, it wouldn't matter what they're being promised because you can promise me everything in the world. If you're, right. but if, right. if you're not going to survive to pay, make good on it, go fuck yourself, please kindly. Uh, and thank you. Um, right. So, yeah. So the fact that, we're in the, the the dividing point, and right now, because just using the uh, the the old rule of uh, finders keepers, uh, the 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 greens are the ones on the throne, yep. and therefore they have a uh, they're in a stronger position than they would otherwise be. Yep, I concur. Yeah, they they, they are the ones that have been announced as the king, right? I mean, they. Yeah. So and they got there first. I mean, and they got there first. Yeah. Yeah. Which you know that does a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So and again, fiefdoms are more important than than the the king or queen. What's more important in these fiefdom type societies is is like I, I'm looking out for my own kingdom, which is basically a fiefdom versus you, and that's why you have to have all these lords. Pledge allegiance because again the king and queen aren't as powerful as they really think they are. Right, they still rule by the the consent of the ruled, you know. Yeah. So it, it's it's a little more complicated than just saying they can do whatever they want. Right, right, and that's the reason why the Mad King was overthrown was because he thought he could do whatever he wants, even if it was mental illness or what. That's when the Baratheons and the Starks and everybody else said, "Fuck this! We're no, no, we're done," and they 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 turned on them and and stuff. So because yeah, it's it's you still have to rule and have 
the people have allegiance to you, you can't just say I'm the king and that's it. And that's it. You have right, to listen to right. me. Yeah. So, all right, where do we want to go with this scene here? Now, this is the well. Then we have scene. to go to the so we get the situation yeah. where he's trying to make the the pitch, and Aemond is there. So you now know you're fucked. Uh, Boros basically rejects it, right? Because he asks, "Are you going to marry one of my daughters?" Luke says, "I can't because I'm already betrothed." Well, then what the fuck are you offering here? <laughs> and then Aemon starts his little tete-a-tete with uh, Luke. I I know this is off off tangent, but did anybody catch at the start of the credits sequence that they put a sapphire to represent Aemon when the blood is going through the bloodline? Oh, at the beginning. Yeah. Credits. Okay. Yeah. Which is no, cool. Yeah, that is cool. That is cool. Yeah. So then yeah, you the, get the, the review. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, because I was going to say that as they, 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 they have been changing the credits every week. I would never have noticed. Well, the, the credits are kind of cool, and obviously they're trying to evoke the, the Game of Thrones credits. The, the Game of Thrones credits were way more intelligible to me. Yeah, same. Than, than this is because you have to pay attention to where is the blood flowing, right. into who, whose sigil represents which person. So I know, like, the sapphire is obviously Aemon. There's a beetle or bug uh, or something, a spider maybe, to represent. Uh, who is the, the crazy sister who sees things? Helena. Helena. The queen now, right? She's, she's Queen Helena because yep. her husband is the king. Yep. Um, but it goes by so fast, it's hard for me to keep track of it. And I can't remember one week to the next to see what the changes are. and you know, and what, uh, So it doesn't work as well for me as... The 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 Game of Thrones, but that's that's one of the greatest credits like of all time. That's you can't expect them to duplicate that. That's I just true. wanted to mention that while we're, no, while we're here. And that's fair. That's fair. But also, um, unlike having read the book, you don't know that he has used a sapphire for his eye. Right. It, this is a right. complete surprise for any viewers. Like, oh, he has a sapphire now. It's his eye. You know. While prior to this, they never mentioned that. So. So that if you're watching the credits and you haven't read the book, Sapphire means nothing until at no. the end of the episode. Yeah. But it was cool then because then you get the reveal of the, the Sapphire and yeah. you're like, oh, God. <laughs> and then you get him, Aemond, you know, threatening him. And Boros is like, you're not doing this in my courts. Right. Now, um, I, I did hear uh, the actor that plays Aemond talk about it at the end. And everything he was saying was was exactly what I was thinking, which is, this is the, the bastard that took my eye out. You're damn right. If I can have my vengeance right here, I'm going to take it. So it makes sense, his reaction, because if it was the other brother or if it was a different person that was sent, I think that his reaction would be a, a much different. But because it's yes. the one that took his eye out, even if, if they were just stupid kids he still took his eye out. And so everything that he does here makes sense to me. I'd be fine. And it's also too. based on the fact that he's got Vagar, So he knows he's badass. He knows he's, you know, that Luke is not on the same level. Right. Yeah. So you've got Luke in a compromise. And, and, and why not take advantage of it? Right. That's his nephew. Yeah. This nephew. <laughs> so then you get the situation where then Luke is trying to escape. 
and trying to talk, you know, get Eric's to go up and, and get the hell out of there. But you don't see Vagar, which is ominous. Yeah, and it was have... kind of weird because he walks out and somehow Amon was already on Vagar before. Not necessarily. Like, he might be flying around and then he's going to land somewhere else for Eamon to get on him. Like, maybe yeah. uh, yeah, Spire in the castle. I don't know. I'm yeah, just yeah. speculating. But, but... I love the fact that Storm's End has the storm. Yeah. And just the just the, the how they filmed it and shot it was so great because well, the, the, tension... storm, the storm allows the lightning to to show Godzilla. Right. right. Yeah. In a like, great way. Shit. Yeah. But <laughs> oh. Continue, Sean. No, I was just going to say that like the tension was so ratcheted up. And then when you finally get the sequence where you actually see Vagar coming up, just there like below, and you see, then you actually see the how small Eric is to Vagar, and you know the the only thing he can do is try and go through those that's that canyon or whatever that Vagar can't fly in. As Amond is shouting out, "You you owe me a debt," in Valyrian, right? Right. And then you have the sequence, like, so the rain, and so you can see the rain is causing lots of trouble for Luke to see. And meanwhile, you have Eamon and Vagar flying above the canyon, waiting for them to come out. Which I would and have just you... landed in the canyon for them. Well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, <laughs> is there a place they could have stopped? Because I don't think Eamon would have sat there with Vagar doing that for hours. Right. It could have been the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's what I. So that's what, we're all thinking that then. But then you have them get out of the the canyon, and then it's like the rush to get out of the the storm, so you can actually see what's happening, and you have that just like that that super calm peace, a relief. It, as Eric's and Luke have reached above the clouds, it's nice and sunny, and then you have Vega coming from below and chomp. And the thing I liked was, and we talked about this offline, I think, the fact that Amond is a prick. He's a total prick. But when he realizes what happens when Eric's does the strafe with fire and then Vega just goes crazy, that this the moment that Eamon realizes that like he's not in control anymore, and this has just got bad because he's trying, trying, trying to get Vagar to listen, and Vagar is not listening, and we get to see the murder scene. Part of me didn't like it because I feel like it took his agency away. Like he's not in control, so he's not to bl- in his mind. He's not going to be to blame now for the death. And that may be the case, but I like the fact that it did show a counter that, like, he's a brash young punk, right? Because he's, like, I think 20 or something at this point. Um, realizing that this prank that he had went way off the rails. Because I don't, like, for all the, the animosity or animus that he has for Luke, I don't think he was planning to murder him. No, I don't even know, and and he might be. I'm not. I'm not really defending him. He's he's a prick, and he's torturing Luke. 
I don't even know how serious he was about expecting him to take out his eye. He's certainly taunting him. Maybe he would have wanted him to do it. He knows the situation he's in uh, and that Boris has, has him there. He's as a guest. He's kind of under protection. So he may also know that it's never going to happen, but he wants to fuck with the kid. Maybe he was sincere in wanting him to do it. I really don't know. But he definitely didn't want to murder him. Right. And, and, and is he a prick? though? Because if, you, if someone took out my eye, I, I, I'd be doing the same thing. He, he, was, he was trying to smash his brother's brains in with a rock. So... Know, but but, but you, don't, you don't take my eye out. <laughs> so he should have just let him smash his brains no, out? No, no, I'm, I'm just saying, no matter what happened, whether he was at fault or not, he got his eye taken out by this kid. Right. So I was, one I'd thing, be pissed. One thing I liked about this part in the book that they didn't show in this was that at one point, Basically, so Luke is left and Boros basically says to Aemon, well, whatever happens outside the castle doesn't matter to me. I'm only right. concerned about in my castle. Right. So that kind of shows him to be a little more dastardly. And I wish they kind of would have done that just because then it would at least show how he's at fault as well. Well, well uh, I, I don't know, because it's like, you know, the store owner, like, you know, people fighting or the bar. You don't do that in my my building. You do it out there in the street. So it, it's kind of like that. Like, but I also think as much as everyone here is against the high towers, um, they are trying to present a, a more balanced view of what's going on here. And they're trying to show that there's tragedy in this civil war, that it's not simply a bunch of twirling mustaches. Right. right. And they don't want to just make uh, Eamon a complete villain and because he does have reason to, for, for hating this kid Absolutely. As said. again yes, sure. seven eight years later i don't you could argue how much you know he should still be, be acting this way uh but nevertheless he didn't want to murder him now maybe he didn't want to murder him because he knows what the consequences of this are going to be maybe he didn't want to murder him because he didn't really mean to murder him um but they did establish this earlier on uh where one of them says, somebody says that, you know, that you, you don't control the dragons, right? And, and that it's an illusion, the, the thought that we think we control the dragons. And so and then that pays that off here. Um, and so in a weird way, you know, once again, Luke is trying to defend himself. And disaster happens. It's just this time the disaster happens to himself. Right. 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 Well, and his dragon, he he loses control of his dragon, which yep. that I kind of accepted right. more than than uh, Aemon losing control. But, oh, but, um, but well, but his dragon burnt Aemon's dragon Eric's, and then Aemon's dragon yeah. wanted vengeance on right. that dragon. Exactly. For right. Straight, yeah. And, but let's yeah. say this is the folly of this is Aemon's folly because he's he's a 20 year old kid who at right. age 14 decided that he's going to be he's going to get godzilla and now he's understanding the, the consequences of that is that godzilla has had riders before godzilla has been around for a long time and fought a and, few times and fought a few times <laughs> and so and he didn't grow up in the nest with you like some of these other little dragons have with their riders so the bond is not necessarily going to be as strong he may not be as easy to control but he's got his own arrogance and he's 
now done something horrible, even if it was by accident, which, again, now flips the table because it was an accident that his eye got put out, and it's an accident that he now murdered his cousin. It's just not his cousin, his nephew. His nephew. Um, but this is the, this is all tragedy. You know, he's certainly responsible for a lot of things. He could have let the kid go. He didn't yes. have to be, <laughs> keep pushing. He right. put himself in this position. This is he was playing a game of chicken and, and lost control of the car. Yeah, it doesn't it does not absolve well, because, because the car because the car has its own brain. Right, right. <laughs> but, so you got Christine, so it all works out. Well, no, you put yourself in risky positions. Don't be shocked when something happens, something bad happens. Well, it's, and it's that's like, what he did. Well, yeah, it's like like uh, this uh, ex girlfriend of mine. We, we did the horses, rode horses, and I, I wait, said, Phil. She didn't fall off the horse, and then you had to put her out of her misery, did you? No, but but what okay. what, what I was saying was she thought it was funny because I, I kept on saying I'm worried about this, and she goes, "Why?" And I go, "Because because the horse could buck us," and she goes, "Because you know you just I you always think of Christopher." Uh, Reeves, always. I do. Knock on wood. Name five. Oh, yeah. Holy Spirit. Amen. And so she goes, yeah, but but what about a car? You could get in a car accident. I go, there's a difference. The horse has its own brain. The car doesn't, and I control it. So, <laughs> and, and maybe I don't control the other drivers, but at least I control the car. The horse has its own brain. You know, and and so sure enough, the horse freaked out of our horses because we ran into a, a pair of pheasants in, in in tall grass, and the horses, you know, got scared because like startled, and so that scared the hell out of me. But so the dragons have their own brain; they're not machines. So even if he is that dragon's rider, the dragon still has its own brain. And also, Mike had a good point too, which is the dragon has had other riders prior, and at the post credit post credit stuff, the actor that plays Amond even says that now he didn't want to kill his nephew. It was an unfortunate circumstance, but now what has happened is going to cause a war. So the question is, is he going to going to take responsibility or not? And obviously he's going to have to take responsibility because it was him. So the war has started, right? So, yeah, there's only one way for it to go now. So, right. Yeah. So even if it was an accident, it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't yeah. matter anymore. Right. right. Well, now, 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 clearly the death of the, the son is a tragedy to the entire family and it will bring them all together and get them to put aside their differences and, and unite together. <laughs> That's right. Right. So don't we didn't a, have the death glance. They'll have a ceremony of life. <laughs> Well, no, that was a steely determination to find a peaceful resolution. So this wasn't happening. Uh, I don't think so. That was pure rage. That was rage and grief all together. But you know what? I think Damon is probably happy about this because it's like, ah, oh, now I just have to get rid of the the other son, and then my heirs will become king. I don't know if he was thinking that. He probably will be. I'll tell you that. Piece of <laughs> but just um, that. I, but the way they ended it with Renera getting the news, and you don't see her reaction. Damon stepping away, and then just that slow turn, and just the death Rage. glare, yeah, and exactly. just, and then just done. So if you're going to ever have the characters look at the camera, that was a good way to do it. <laughs> yeah, the fourth wall break, in a sense. Yeah. Um, well, and this is, I think, what makes it important to show her before. To show yeah. her being restrained. Yeah. 
And because, again, they're trying to make you, maybe not successfully, have understanding and empathy for people on both sides of this struggle so that it's a civil war. You feel the loss on both sides so that you can identify with both Eric and Eric. Right. Right. Um, You can understand the arguments on both sides. You can also understand the evil on both sides. That they didn't just, they're not just turning Rhaenyra into the evil queen for no particular reason. They want to show you why she's so angry and why she's, you know, she's going to be bitter and why she's going to be insisting on scorched earth, perhaps, on the other side. Just to guess, I haven't read the books. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if there's a scorched earth, but technically, I mean, myself, Barrett, and, and Sean have already said that the other side is traders so they have a right to take out them now the question is are they going to now that Renera is on board because of what happened to her son the question is is she scorched earth like daenerys or is she just going to be going after the the soldiers but yeah you know because we already it doesn't matter yeah well it it doesn't doesn't matter because the collateral damage is going to happen well always absolutely and we already saw lady Valeria, or whatever her name is, wipe out two thousand people uh, during the coronation for no reason. Yeah. So, so yeah, they, they, we already found out that these people don't give a rat's ass about the regular folk. I mean, we don't know, but I would gather that's going to. They'll happen. say, they but it's lowest on their list of priorities. I think. Right. Right. And <laughs> and and even if they do care, like like you said, Barrett. Uh, war will always cause death to the regular folk as well. Yep. And that's pretty much how the, the season ended with a big cliffhanger. Yeah, well, not really a big cliffhanger because we, we, but at least the op- the the beginning of the war. The, now we yes. know both <laughs> sides are pretty much. Well, Allison is already in war mode because of what that lady Valeria did. And now Rhaenyra is, is most certainly on war mode because of what Aemon did. So they tried to show in the last two episodes, both sides trying to stop a war in bloodshed, but both of, because of what people have done that aren't the two Queens, the queen concert and the, and the queen, but instead, the son and one of uh, for for the queen concert and one of uh, the queen's, uh, I guess, friends. Uh, they've they uh, those are the people that caused caused the the beginning of the war, really, right? I mean, I mean, still, it's it's the Greens' fault because they they're usurping the throne. But the actual blood and, and we're going to usurp it one way or another. Yeah, right. Yeah. And their methods of doing so don't really <laughs> help make their cause look just. <laughs> right. Yeah, they, they really have, well, for me, I think they did a lot to, to, to try to keep Allison empathetic, and they tried to give some empathy towards Aegon, uh, you know, because the poor guy doesn't really want to be king. He's being dragged into this. He just wants to fight children in the child pits. Um, and rape and rape uh, handmaidens and rape handmaidens like you know who wouldn't want to do that um, 
you know, they, they have done nothing to redeem Hightower. You know, they've done nothing to redeem uh, Aegon, really. Uh, Aemon is, the best you can say is that he's, he's, he's a bit of a prick, but he hasn't at least gone full asshole. Christian Cole, full asshole. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The characters, if you're, if you're ranking over the, the two sides as to which characters have the most, which, which characters with some redeeming qualities uh, are, are in this show. I'm not saying completely redeeming. I'm not saying they're without sin. I'm just saying who has the more redeeming qualities. They mostly seem to be lining up on one side and at the moment. So they really need to maybe be giving a little bit more nuance, I think, to, to the Greens to balance this out if this is their intent, is to make it a uh, a real conflict where it's hard for the audience to know who to root for here. Yeah, and I don't know if they, they I think that they want to do that because maybe the book and I haven't read the book you have Barrett the 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 green were the bad guys. I don't know. Uh I mean, I think we're going to see more from the other side as we go along. I think at this point, even in the book, it you know, it, it looks the way it looks in the show. Okay. Um but, you know, both sides are going to do things that aren't so great. Right. That's just the way it is. <laughs> sure, sure. Right, right. Yeah, and 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 uh you know, like like you know, we, we know the 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 page boy that got thrown into the fire. I mean, that's pretty horrendous. Um but again, yeah, I see what you're saying, uh Mike. Um, you know, if you have to you still if if you're forced to put a gun to my head and rank the evilness and who's the less evil, uh, I see your point. Um and as Barrett said, though, it is probably intentional that the green is looking like the worst at the moment because they're they're following the book similarly, is what you're saying, Barrett. So as as we go to the next season, maybe it's going to change, like you said, Mike, that it may happen. I still think the finger is on, of evil is on the greens more than the blacks, but they're they're all going to have their share of evil. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. You have to blame the blacks because the I mean I mean the greens because the greens are taking power away from the duly elected uh heir and so the the duly elected heir meaning the the blacks are just reacting to the actions they're you know of of the greens if the greens didn't do what they did there would be no war right now well right, well, well I, there might be but i think their methods are are what kind of has driven it to this point no no well um, i mean i mean they the greens haven't said the green what i meant was not what the greens just did in this episode i mean what the greens did in the prior episodes where they right, right. put their They're, son on the the throne their methods are what are going to cause the war and that makes them not look as good as the other side and i think the show is maybe looking maybe making the blacks look a little better because they're making her seem more um determined to find peace i don't know that i felt that in the books right. with, yeah no with in the books it was not like that yeah yeah well yeah. i'll also well i mean one of the few things i've picked up and i hope this isn't a spoiler uh i think i saw a reference to renera as was it the bitch queen there, uh, yes. yeah <laughs> something like that so now i don't know why i don't know the reason and we all know that you can get reputations that are unearned 
you know, but I'm guessing that she at some point will become a little bit more ruthless. Um, but here's, here's, I think the fundamental difference when you divide this, yes, they're both fighting over power that you could argue neither side really deserves. Um, yeah. Yes. There's reasons why Viserys maybe should have chosen Aegon or chosen Damon over Rhaenyra. There's reasons why he should have chosen Rhaenyra over the others. There's reasons why they should have chosen Rhaenyras over Viserys. There's all sorts of things there. But nevertheless, it comes down to these two choices. You can make an argument for either side. Both sides have done things that are not nice. Both things have done uh, significant players. All the major players have done things that are despicable. Um, But fundamentally, despite what at this point in the show, despite what Allison feared and the way that she was raising her children, and she feared it because it was her her father that was putting it into her ear. I think if Rhaenyra had risen to the throne unchallenged, that there would be no issues. There would be no issues. If yeah. if Aegon had seized the throne, had been given the throne without any issue, I I don't think that would still be the case. I think High Towers probably would have done something, or Lyman would have done something to get rid of the potential challenges to the throne regardless that's well, my take and it could be wrong well um it could be wrong in both directions but it just seems to me that if one side got it there would be peace and the other side got it as they did there would be it'd still be purchase yeah right i exactly. agree with that now yeah. well and that's what it comes down to it auto is 100 percent the fault of the entire war because yep. he could have went to his daughter and said the king, I'm the hand, our king, your husband, has named Rhaenyra as the heir. And that's it. There you go. It's all done. Everything's he, fine. He probably could have also not used his daughter to get in with King Viserys in the start. No, but that that's not the problem. That's fine. You know, if he wanted his daughter to become there and then his family gets higher, and the, that's fine. The problem really isn't even that. The problem is... He told his daughter, "Your son is the king, not, not, um, Rhaenyra. And as the hand, the person that he's supposed to work for, the king, the king had already made an heir. He could have said, Rhaenyra is the heir, and that's it. And regardless whether or not he had his daughter marry the king, so." The problem is not that his daughter married the king. The problem is he wanted his grandson and his family as the rulers of the Westeros. And right. Even Viserys said, every, there's yeah. not a single person in court who's not trying to better the position of his family. Right. They're all doing things to, to play the game in order to make their families better off. And, and that's, that's fine. Really, that's fine. Perfectly fine. Perfectly understandable. Yeah. Manipulating the kingdom into war. Right in order to make your family better off. That's a problem. Murdering people to make your people, your family better off. That's a problem. <clears throat> Damon and Renero too. But yeah, that's um, true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, it's, 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 that one, it's so weird. Well, I mean, Damon has his other issues, but for Renero, it's really just that one thing. He signed off on murdering the page boy or whoever it was. Yeah, it's that was pretty like, bad. Uh, and I don't care that she did it to save a guy, you know, for, so he can run off with his lover. I don't care, but you still sacrifice one person. You, you, no, 
Uh, but unfortunately, that's how all these aristocrats looked at the lesser people, though. So. Yeah, well. <laughs> but but that still doesn't thing. save your soul, right? No, it yeah, doesn't. And I'm, and I'm not really sure if I'm ranking, like, you know, most to least evil. I'm, I'm not entirely sure where everybody ranks. I'm pretty sure Damon is still going to end up pretty far down yeah, that down. list of, uh, <laughs> yeah. at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I, might, I might actually put him below Hightower. Uh, I think Lyman might be at the very bottom. I, I could be wrong. Maybe we just haven't seen yeah. his good side yet. Right. Um, I'm pretty sure Aegon's way down there. Kristen Cole. Uh, is but Kristen Cole is way down there. Way down there. But but it, it, even their evilness isn't really the problem. The problem is their actions and Otto's action. No, even if he's not as evil as some of those people, is what causes all the problems. Yeah. Yeah, when and he's been consistent. Like Damon, at least has had some change, like where he wasn't a murdering asshole for a while. Yeah, <laughs> that we noticed. Um, Hightower has not changed. He, his goal has been the same from the beginning to the end. Well, and and that's the, the but you know what he tricked me because earlier in the season I was looking at Otto as really honestly worried that Rhaenyra was going to purge his family. Because he, she didn't want the sons to be the ne- possible heirs to the throne, and so I honestly believe that he was worried about that. But it turns out that that was just a red herring, I think, and he just wanted power. Well, I don't know. He might, he might have had reason to be worried about that. I'm, I'm not sure he wasn't. But he, if he was, he may have been misreading it. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, and and. But you know what? He still he still was going against the wishes of the person he was supposed to be working for, which was yep. your daughter is supposed to be the, the heir. Right. No matter what his concerns were, whether they right. were real or imaginary. Or he was just simply lying, whichever it was. The point was, is he should have followed the, the law of what the king wanted, which is who he's working for, which was your daughter is... is and he could have done that. He could have said that to Allison, and then Allison said, "Okay, Dad, you have a good point. Aegon is not going to be king." And peace in our time, and they are one of the most powerful families in, in the entire world, even. And 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 her her grandkids were going to become the next kings because Rhaenyra even made the deal, and she she turned it down. You know, so yeah, yeah, they fucked up. The Greens fucked it all up. Bastards. And we'll probably talk about some of that stuff in our episode next week when we wrap up season one. I'm sure. Um, anything else in this finale? I was just going to say, going back to the, the, the Luke death, that was pretty impressive. <laughs> because Yeah, you see the it was, dragon get chomped in half. Yeah. <laughs> And then you just watch as Eamon watches what's left of the cloak or whatever of Luke floating down, thinking, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Well, and even if, <laughs> if he didn't get eaten, he, 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 he was dead. dead. Yeah, yeah. He was dead. Yeah, yeah he, he wasn't going to live from that fall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even even the ocean doesn't matter. No, no. he was. Yeah, that was way too far of a fall for to. Yeah. Yeah, he's above right, the clouds, they, for Christ's sakes. And they could have... Just cut to Eamon's expression 
Yes. <laughs> they could have just stopped with the, 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 the dragon munching, like the, you know, coming <laughs> to the camera. Yeah. Uh, no, the, the, the piece is falling down below and holding on that. It just, um, and I, am I the only one who felt bad for the dragon? Yeah. No, well, I felt bad yeah, for Eric. I felt bad for him. Yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> but he was um, barely the size of the other dragon's mouth. I don't know what yeah. he was thinking, breathing fire at him. Well, you know what he was? He's one of those little dogs <laughs> that, that went up against the St. Bernard and he got shat on. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. So, you know, I always, I, so yeah, the, he did, he, he was kind of asking for it. Um, it, it was, it's like the, the chipmunk in the backyard that the cat gets. Yeah, yeah he, you, you should have just run. You should have just kept running. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 It's, it's, with the, an idiot. it's, it's the, the little animal that, that thinks it can, uh, you know, uh, well, I saw the terrible video of the little dog that ch- chased the, the alligator uh, in Australia um, back into the water all the time. And it was a, the guy had a, the owner had people come and watch and, you know, they paid 10 bucks and you see it happen. And then one day, of course, the alligator didn't run. It turned and ate the dog. So it was a terrible thing to see. And um, that that's exactly what happened here, where this dragon, little dragon thinks it can be an asshole to the big dragon. And then, whoops. So now that, that raises the question. Did the, did the alligator just finally like say, all right, I've had enough. Yeah, pretty much. Or, or was it all a long-term plan? to lull the dog into a false sense of security so he could get close enough to eat it. Maybe. It was a terrible thing. That that, that might have been the Otto Hightower of of crocodiles. I wish I didn't see that video. It was horrible. I'll I'll never forget it. Goddamn drudge report. Anyway. um, So... uh, Enough of, enough of that analogy. That was a terrible thing. It's worse than watching a fake dragon get eaten. Um, so, uh, anything else anybody wanted to bring up uh, about this episode? No, just that was I'm good. Well done. Yeah. It was well done. <laughs> All right. So, what that means is for you listeners, uh, we are going to come back next week. We talked about it offline last week and this week uh, that we would come back one more time for next week to do a wrap-up of the entire season so talk about everything and anything so non-specific to the episode uh since we'll be talking about the entire season so uh please come back next week so don't uh think we're gone uh but of course um even after we're gone we uh do the dark discussions podcast among others and uh, we'll talk about that next week if you want to continue following us um, even though we won't be talking about this because we're going to go on hiatus after next week. Um, so let's give our final thoughts on this episode here. Uh, I'll start. Um, yeah, it was uh, pretty good. It was oddly very straightforward. Um, it was uh, better than last week's episode, I felt, because it didn't have that boring part where they're trying to find Aegon for like, 30 minutes. Uh, so it was actually better than the penultimate, uh, even though the penultimate was pretty good. Um, and it was a, a good way to end the the season, I felt. Uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to wait for a while, assuming the Chinese Communist Party doesn't take everybody out before then. But I am definitely looking forward to season two. 
Um, and this is a, a really good show. And as Barrett said, it's probably the best show of the, the year. And I haven't seen anything. Uh, but I, I take his word because this is as good as Game of Thrones and other great shows in the past that I've seen uh, from other years. So, uh, yeah, th- thumbs up for uh, this episode. Uh, Sean? Uh, just like I said at the start, I thought it was another very, very, very strong episode. A very excellent way to end this season's journey and set up what we know is going to be a bloodbath. Uh, and uh, it showed, you know, the showing the, the degradation that this, you know, that was occurring. Uh and just knowing that this is not going to end well. And I thought that uh, they got that across very nicely. And, and Sean, we saw a decimation of a dragon. We did very much so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's go with you, Mike. Um, yeah, I really like this episode. Uh, it is a high point of the series so far. Um, and I, I just love all the, the, the machinations. I love the arguments. I love the debates. I love the the, the grays in the character that, for the most part, they don't uh, paint anybody as all black, all white. Uh, the only problem I had with this episode, there we needed more feet. I think that was the only thing that was missing. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, that was the strange thing, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, let's go with you, Bert. Yeah, I love this episode. Um, I agree with you, Phil, that it was even better than the penultimate. Um, it just did a really good job of wrapping up the season and leading to the war with the end of uh, Luke, right? So it just was really well done. A lot of pain and anguish um, and just rage. <laughs> It, it made me feel all those different emotions in that episode, and it was really well choreographed, and cin- cinematography was great, and the graphics with the dragon were great as well. So, thumbs up. This season was great. I'm looking forward to season two. We forgot the, the best line of the whole episode, and that was when Amond looked at uh, Luke and said, well, Sir Strong... I thought that was hilarious. That was hilarious. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> it was the best line ever. <laughs> Love it. Anyway. Um, all right. So um, that's our discussion of the 10th episode of the season, which is The Black Queen. Uh, last episode of the season, season one, directed by Greg Yatanis. Uh, written by showrunner Ryan Condell, uh, released October 23rd, 2022. And uh, we will definitely be back next week. So, with all that stated, Mike, why don't you do that? Well, thank you once again for um, tuning in to listen to us rant and ramble and argue and dissect and decimate. <laughs> the, the latest episode of uh, House of the Dragon, which of course is episode 10, The Black Queen. Uh, we really enjoyed the show. We've enjoyed having you with us. We hope you join us next week for the wrap-up episode and then again for season two, which we should be dropping sometime in the 2030s. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs>